2: fucking killing it
0: man you've told me that and i just don't remember when yeah. I, I want to hear that version
2: if you look up whitney houston mall karaoke asian i bet you it'll come up
0: i think it will but gentlemen we are recording we are not live on facebook yet because i'm a slacker oh all right well <laughs> how you it's doing ha- it's happening it's happening that, that happened fast mr francisco otero how are you doing scooter Doing pretty good, man. Thank that's you for a
2: me. that's a nickname that's kind of fallen off. Scooter, scooter. Yeah. I have heard
1: that one for a little bit. That one's uh, that's more of uh, Katie doing and and Griffin.
2: Where Griffin Kenny. Do, where does it come from, the Scooter name? Uh, is there an embarrassing story attached? No, not
1: really. It's lame. Yeah, it's pretty lame actually. <laughs> when uh, Griffin used to be manifest at Houston, whenever he type in my name, the last three letters of my name is S C O. And the first three of my last name is O-T-E. So that's spelled scooter. Mm, and that's it. it. And that's how it came.
3: Well,
2: I like it. Yep. I was hoping it was like you were real drunk and you were scooting your way home or something. I don't know. But no such no, luck.
1: No, no such thing.
2: Hey, well, uh, welcome to the, Thank you. To the show it's here.
1: It's Good to be back. When,
2: when was the last time you were on? Time, uh, time all runs together for me in this room.
1: I think it was about the same the same date, but last year, though. All right. Yeah, I remember it was winter time, that's for sure.
2: God,
0: don't you love winter? Be you No, know, I do not <laughs> love winter at all. Guys and gals, if you're watching on Facebook, be patient. This is, what, my third time running the boards? Oh, yeah, I forget. You're probably on the struggle bus back <laughs> no, there. Oh, dude, I'm still up straight up. But I am going to find out when Cisco was on the show last. It was definitely a good time. Um, I enjoyed it because I learned a lot about skydiving in in Puerto Rico and a little bit of how the scene has been there. And yep. I don't think I, I had no clue how deep you were involved with skydiving in Puerto Rico until you had that show. Knowing that some punk rico suave looking dude was managing the
1: joint, man. Yeah, dude. Boys <laughs> that I didn't even skydive, I was giving people like no low turns. <laughs> but I have no idea what what was that.
2: Well, sometimes you got to be a tiny little boss. Yeah. Uh, DJ, did you hear about the uh, earthquakes in Puerto Rico recently? Little well, boss um, baby, I did,
0: but like, I think those happened while I was out to sea, what was out on vacation.
2: We we had a friend who was there in Puerto Rico when it happened. Who was that? Cisco.
1: This guy right here. <laughs> when was it? Um, the one, the biggest one is six point six, was on January seventh. Oh no, I'm I was not mistaken.
2: He was there, and he was trying to get me to be there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that I wasn't in a foreign place I've been trying to get Nick out in
1: Puerto Rico for a long time and I was like hey man it looks like you know airfare is pretty cheap I'm about to be here all this day why don't you come out and then he's like he couldn't make it for X to Y reason but then uh, all the earthquakes and all that stuff happened over there So man
2: if there power was out and earthquakes were happening and we were in Puerto Rico dude, I'd be so sure that tsunami was
1: coming we'll still be drinking and having fun but without power yeah but
2: uh, I don't know I don't drink that much
1: we'll still be eating
2: all right, cool. Yeah. Man, uh, shout out to Text Chick if anyone's in Houston wants to have some delicious Puerto Rican food.
1: Yeah, if you go, take me out. Let ha- me know. How are your boy? Have you found a better Puerto Rican joint
2: in the city yet? Not yet. Ad? No?
1: Not yet. That's the place? Yeah, that's where it's at. I was actually thinking about it today. It's like, I uh, really need to go get a meal before I start this little.
2: What do you get when you go to Text Chick? What do you order? Uh... Which is a very odd name for a very authentic Puerto Rican yeah. restaurant, if anyone hasn't caught that. Yeah.
1: Tech Chick is so far off from anything Puerto Rican. Uh, I it, always it get the. It doesn't at all
2: describe what. When you yeah. say tech, hey, have you been to Tech Chick? I would think it was like a sassy boutique that no. sold like sexy girl clothes and like cowgirl boots. But no, it's a hole-in-the-wall Puerto Rican restaurant.
1: It's a big, as big as this room, actually, I yeah, think. Yeah,
2: not much bigger. I mean,
0: if you go to the internet, it simply says, Text Chick, coming soon, text-chick.com, and it doesn't even say anything else. I mean, it has their hours and whatnot, so definitely <laughs> a small... Yeah,
2: good Good luck living up to the... the or good luck showing up during those hours and expecting them to yeah, be Yeah, go a
1: on day. a Tuesday between 4 and 8. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> is that when they're closed <laughs> it, always? Yeah, every time we went there on a Tuesday, it was closed, and the said online that it was open. But okay,
2: back to the question.
1: What do you get? Um, I always get the beef steak with onions, white rice, beans, fried plantain. That sounds good. That sauce, the mayo ketchup.
2: Dude, mayo ketchup. That's what's up.
1: And uh, so, so, for
2: anyone who doesn't know what mayo ketchup is, it's a pretty obvious combination of mayonnaise and ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, in Utah, every restaurant you go to serves fry sauce. They call it fry sauce. No one's calling it mayo ketchup, but it's exactly the same thing as mayo ketchup. And it is the best thing to dip fried foods of any sort
1: into. Same animal, different beast. Yep.
2: Can't, can't believe it. Kobe. <laughs> oh, no. God, thanks,
0: son. Starting it early.
2: Hashtag too soon.
0: Oh, uh, like, Jesus. Dude, I am so lost over here pushing buttons. But wow. I showed stuff. I showed pictures. I don't
2: think you're showing any of that. I think I see it on the screen waiting to go out. But No, it, it, but I... Oh, uh, you did ooh, get it. All right.
3: Congratulations. Yeah,
2: this it is the most I've done ever behind the desk. You're doing good. You're killing the game.
0: Yo, guys, if you are tuning in, listening live tonight, this is a shoot-to-the-shit episode. Uh, we get sick of listening to each other, so we brought in somebody else we hate. Uh, Cisco is here. We are just hanging out. We don't really have an agenda. We're not talking about anything fancy or special. Uh, We're talking about our lives in general. So if you have any questions, any comments, throw them out there, and we will happily ignore what you have to say tonight. (laughs) Hello, hello, Tara Weber. You cannot win anything tonight. So there. (laughs)
2: What a sweet lady that Tara Weber is. Dude,
0: man, Tara, uh, Nick and I do the LB Live broadcast, and Tara Weber has a one- Tons of different little things we've done. Yeah, she's a lucky lady. <laughs> yeah, dude. Whoever her husband is, is obviously lucky as well. And she tunes into everything we do. So, Tara, thanks for being there. Leo, to external Franny Lancer. What that's did I Leo. just...
1: Huh? He says that he missed me. And Franny Lancer, that's the name that Leo put me when uh, last year I was just coming back and forward all the time. So I was freelancing. So oh, he put me Franny, Franny Lancer. Lancer. Yeah, yeah, I like
2: that. Yeah. Speaking uh, of your freelancing ways...
1: How's the tunnel going, my friend? <laughs> Tunnel's going very good. New I just, tunnel instructor? Uh, I just got signed off today on everything. I'm a L1, little uh, level one uh, instructor at the Woodlands Tunnel. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking forward to the new adventure.
2: So it's only going to take you like three years to get signed off on high flights there with how many first
1: timers come in. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding, Woodlands. You guys are doing great. Nah, um, <laughs> we already, I, I'm, I'm, you know... Having a lot of background, skydiving background on it definitely helped me a lot. On throughout the course, I did it on the quicker pace. Uh, Jet Lloyd was my my sensei. Like he would say, "Just uh, do your job." That's the one thing he's always telling us. Um, but really good uh, trainer. Um, training went really smooth. Really looking forward to uh, just being part of the sauna. There's a really good crew out there working right now.
0: Who's all at Woodlands right now?
1: It's um, KDP's out there. Oh God, Stig, <laughs> yeah, um, Joe JP, Dustin, myself, Mark Wallace, and Jordan.
2: What about jo- Joe? Does Joe still work there?
1: Yeah, still- uh, Joe, the manager. No, Joe JP. Joe JP, the yeah. flyer. Yeah, he mm-hmm. still worked there.
2: Yeah, and that sounds like a pretty fun little crew.
1: It is a lot of training and flying going on. Um, Good stuff happening.
2: So what, uh, you had a pretty extensive background in AFF instruction. Yeah. Do you feel like that helped you quite a bit doing the
1: FITP stuff? Uh, definitely on the part of, you know, slowing things down and giving hand signals and just being calm throughout everything definitely gave me a little peace of mind. We just started high flight training, so I haven't done a whole lot. So we'll see how that trans uh, how I can translate what I've done in this guy into the tunnel.
0: I don't know much about high flights in the tunnel, uh, partially because I've never been an instructor in the tunnel, but I did train you as an AFF instructor. Um, And I know how quickly you pick up on skill sets and how well you apply things that you're told. And honestly, I think that's why I suck at things I do is because Nick can tell me exactly how to do it. Me executing that is very difficult. Your ability to take in that information, I think you'll do
1: okay. I've been doing pretty good. Yeah.
2: So you have a pretty decent uh, like background of experience just flying in the wind tunnel, right? Yeah. How many hours did you do last year?
1: Uh, I flew around fifty hours, maybe fifty-five in two thousand nineteen. In two thousand nineteen, nice. from February to December.
2: Any Any idea how much tunnel time you had before that?
1: A little less than twelve hours. Okay. Yeah, not a whole lot. So
2: you're you're in the area uh, neighborhood of seventy-ish hours.
1: Yeah. Definitely in the last year and some, I've been putting most of that growth work. Yeah,
2: nice. Yeah. So you feel most of that time's in the Woodlands Tunnel, right? So you feel pretty comfortable there.
1: Yeah, that tunnel is home.
2: So w- was there anything that you struggled with in FITP? Like anything that you didn't see coming? Um, some of the
1: spots in my first class well, was a little up. bit so of a expi- struggle. Explain spots for people. Okay, that so don't a know spot is like at the tunnel. It's a term whenever. You lose a first-time flyer.
2: First-time flyer doing some crazy shit, right? Yep.
1: And they get out of your hand or your reach, and they go really high or just really fast towards the wall, and they can get hurt themselves. Any situation where a flyer can get hurt is, is what we call a spot.
2: So someone goes up real high. They plaster themselves against the wall. They roll over. Now they're head down.
1: Yeah, they're coming head down 100 miles per hour, dropping to that net.
2: And you, you got to get in the And one. then you
1: got to get underneath <laughs> them, yeah. So what was
2: the most challenging spot to learn for you?
1: Um, head down spots when they like go all the way up to the ring and then somehow they just managed to do a layout with some people that will take hours to learn, but first time <laughs> flyers can get in on the first try and here they come <laughs> hauling down and you just got to go take that hit. So did
2: Jed fly all of those spots, or was there someone else helping him with your, with the class?
1: No, Jed did our, our course. He flew all he, of it? He flew everything, yeah.
0: Imagine if you had to uh, catch Hank. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a different day.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of different things, um, which I didn't know. I thought you guys signed off as an instructor, and then you can do anything, whatever you want. But there's a whole lot more into it. You got to get like a high-speed rating, low-speed and all this stuff, so you cannot be just at the door or an instructor for anyone, you, you know. There's a lot more going on than I thought.
0: One thing that you bring a little <coughs> bit unique to the table is, is the fact that you're a skydiving, outside, outdoor skydiving instructor, and now an indoor skydiving instructor. And I don't think many of our instructor guests have been able to do both. Um it, how would it compare? How would it help you? I know you talked about how it would help you learn, and I'm trying to. Man, I, I lost. I actually had a great question. Realized I was Shh.
2: fucking up the boards. Shut up, DJ. <laughs> Go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just enjoy some awkward silence.
1: <laughs> Doo-doo-doo. That's nice. No, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, g- give you, me
2: give me like a good overview of what the FIT ex- FITP experience is like. So it's flight instructor training program. Is that
1: right? Um, so FITP now is directed towards <laughs> prevention. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess back in the day, it was all about spotting and, you know, just being ready for that spot or whenever, you know, check goes down, just be ready for it. So now with the numbers and the study they've done, um, the FITP course now is more in direction of towards prevention instead of what do we do when we're here? How do we not get there? Mm-hmm. How, what can we do to yeah, not can... to get to that point? Yeah. So it's just a lot of blocking student, you know, giving them space. Think about the verbal, and, you know, you think if you're, you're so close to them, they're going to make them better or make it easier. Actually, it's not. You want to give them some space so they can actually roam around and catch that air. Um, let's see. <laughs> yeah, lot it's of- just... Since I already had a decent amount of time, the kind of things sped up for me. Like I didn't didn't have to spend a lot of time walking around the net or learning balance because I already had this set of skills coming in. So it made it a little bit different for me. Were you the only one in your FITP? It was uh, (laughs) 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 was me, myself, um, Jacob, this kid that was working at the tunnel, and Josh Pettit.
2: Josh is there yes okay he's gonna be working at the other
1: tunnel he's right? gonna be working at memorial and the other participant three days sin quit
0: oh dang that's the giggle you let out man you know yeah. what's
2: so funny I've spent so much time thinking about what it would be like to be an instructor like the amount like I've I've talked to a lot of the old school dudes that learned, that went through FITP when it was like boot camp, you know? Yeah. Like where the whole point was to fuck you up and make you quit and to make it tough. Correct. And now it seems like they've changed that a whole lot where it's a lot more supportive and a lot less degrading.
1: Yep, definitely... Like I said, it's more towards prevention, so mm-hmm. they're trying to just teach you a lot of technique.
2: But ju- just to know, I just mean how important the job of being a tunnel instructor is to some people, especially when, when tunnels were far less common than they are now, of like yep. what someone would do for a chance to work at the tunnel, and homeboy quits three days in.
1: So Yep, that was the thing this guy, um, this kid, because he was a kid, um, he was working at the tunnel as a CSR for like a year, and he was always asking, hey, I want to be an instructor, I'm going to be an instructor. When is it gonna happen? And then they give him the opportunity, and then three days in, he couldn't just handle it and straight up quit. <coughs> do like, you guys
2: do it in the daytime, nighttime? We've
1: been doing it in the daytime. Daytime, yeah. From usually we show up there at eight o'clock, do the run up in the tunnel, which takes about thirty minutes, checking you know the vents. Um, the same tunnel same inspection you
2: do for an airplane, right? You're doing it yeah. for the machine.
1: Exactly the same thing. Checking that turbine, then everything's good, and then. A little debrief of what we're going to be training, technique, all that stuff, and then we get in the wind for like an hour and fly and practice, get out, debrief, and then get, get on for like another hour and a half. Does it feel different to you
2: being in the wind knowing that you're not paying for the time that you're in the wind?
1: Yeah, it makes it so much better.
2: <laughs> Cuz you know like let's say that we, you know, we book 10 minutes and it's a last flight and the timer's yeah. counting down. It's like we're all trying to get those last seconds, right? Yeah. But now you're just taking away these hours of of training time. Was it like to to have that kind of switch in the the way that you think about it?
1: Um I mean, I'm still thinking about all this th- I just think about the whole thing, how much time they're putting into us mm-hmm. and uh all this training and I don't I don't really know how to answer your
2: question. Okay, I I mean I wondered if uh I I knew I knew that you had flown a lot of time in this last year and you yeah. probably got used to just being in there and being in the wind and not having to you know when you go and you buy 10 minutes and you've just put a hundred. Oh, uh, okay. So
1: definitely yeah, like last year I paid a certain amount and I got all this time so I was like once I flew like 5 hours everything else was like for free because mm-hmm. my time was paid off. Mm-hmm. So it definitely gives you a peace of mind that you know it's it's free it's just like the jump package yeah no you know? now you're just you, you're it not less, worry less about expensive. anything you just go and fly and that's it you just go and jump you don't so feel I'm like thinking. you're wasting this winter. Yeah
2: so you're essentially the equivalent of an A license skydiver but in the tunnel instructor world right Correct do, do you feel like you're that level of new guy in this in this new place
1: Yes cuz I still feel like the new guy
2: You still have a lot more flying experience than most people when they when they take yeah. a, a tunnel instructor job But how does it feel like the flow of taking classes and where... I'm
1: still getting the flow of it and learning the system. You know, you still got to find your own rhythm in there. It's the same thing as when you're doing classes at the drop zone. Um, You know, everybody has a different routine or how to explain things. I'm still finding my way of actually doing it, everything. Like, I'm I'm taking a lot of time. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm taking everybody like by their hands, helping them with every well, single little what a, thing. What
2: a great tunnel to be able to do it that way though, right?
1: Yeah, it's definitely nice that it's on the slow track right now so I can kind of be late on my classes. Now that I want to do it on purpose, it's just like I'm still getting used to it. But uh, it's cool. Even taking kids now, it, it definitely gives me a different mindset. Like mm-hmm. I took this three-year-old the other day. And she was like the cutest thing flying. in there. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. Taking this little kid flying.
2: Yeah, that's that's a bit of a trip because yeah. you've only coached people that are what's the youngest person you've jumped with. Eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered if in Puerto Rico they were bending any of those rules.
1: No, I mean, besides, cool, me, besides cool, so 18, <laughs> besides me and my <laughs> sister.
2: Ah. <laughs> So yeah, so 18, and now you're going down to a three-year-old.
1: So yeah, going down to three-year-old, doing those STEM classes in the morning every other day. So it's a bunch of uh, you know teenagers, which it can be a hit or miss. They yeah, can,
2: that's what I was going to ask. Cause some kids just learn real fast? Yeah, and then you got an embarrassed, uncoordinated 15-year-old girl who doesn't. Teenagers be doing
1: are that. weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> in what way? Like.
2: Other than the whole
1: thing. I had one STEM class on Monday, and, like, they were all... I was trying to give them my best energy and and trying to make them really fun for them. And uh, they were just not about it. They're, like, really quiet. I was, like, trying to applause and trying to get them going. Uh And they're just like, oh, we don't like this. We're (laughs) we're teenagers. I just want a Fortnite.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means. <laughs> I just
0: want a Fortnite. <laughs> I just want to play
1: Fortnite. <laughs> it's now a oh, verb. Fortnite's a video game. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. Nick can't reach the controls for video games, yeah. so Not he just to acknowledge that. And I got these
2: tiny midget hands.
1: <laughs> yeah. But today I took a class of teenagers, and they were all about it. They are like super happy, so encouraging, and it just makes my job a whole lot <laughs> to better. they go to
2: private school, these kids?
1: <laughs> uh, they were actually part of the ROTC program.
2: Oh, okay. They got some structure. They got some so discipline. So they right? have
1: some discipline.
2: That seems like you'd probably enjoy being at the tunnel more than getting yelled at to go dig holes in a field for no reason. Yep. So STEM, uh, a lot of us know it's science, technology,
0: oh. something and something. Engineering yeah. and math. Thank you. Uh, what kind of things are you guys showing the kids in the tunnel? How are you using it?
1: Uh, we mostly teach them about you know, surface, area, and how the wind affects different objects and weights. Even though we're taught in class that everything has the same terminal velocity, yeah, it, that's not That's not really real.
2: I had a girl. So this is this is funny. I was walking in from uh, a skydive. This is maybe six months ago and a girl and her boyfriend were there and um, they were talking about both of their jumps and somehow it it got brought up that he was going to fall faster than her because she was some skinny, mini, little, you know, tiny, tiny lady. And he was a thicker guy. And she's like, that's not true. She's like, everything falls at the same (laughs) speed. And I was like. In my hand was my parachute. I had just landed from a skydive, and this is what I do for work. And she was so sure that she knew more than me about it, yeah. and I didn't know how to come how to combat that. But uh, you're teaching those kids that that's not true. Yeah, and you throw different objects in. the Yeah, one we tunnel. throw. Uh,
1: we have a couple objects. We have a giant teddy bear, which we call verbal. Um, uh, we have a couple balls with holes. Uh, we got a dice, a giant dice. And then we have this other bowl that weighs like maybe twenty or forty pounds, something like that.
2: You know what my favorite part of every STEM demo
1: is? The water. The water, water. yeah. It's so cold. I got so, water. <laughs> so wet today. Because I threw all the water in. She's like, Oh, why don't you go around and try to manipulate the water around? And I just ended up just splashing yeah, everything you just over me, you know, all of a like, <laughs> yeah. So it was a mess.
0: Yeah, you got all wet today. Yeah, uh, some, uh, Scotty P. was actually asking, is the training geared more to dealing with first-time flyers or returning experienced flyers? And I think you kind of already addressed it's more about safety. So I want to re-engineer the yeah. question. You said it's the first level. What's the next level and what does it allow you to do? from?
1: So a level one, one um, by my understanding, because I'm still kind of new to it, uh, you can watch out. You can take first-time flyers into the tunnel, um, you can drive, which is controlling the speed of the tunnel and the time that is being flown. And then you can be at the door for first-time flyers or people that are level one flyers, which mean people that can fly on their bellies and have the skills signed off to go up and down, forward and backwards. So and you can stuff. be in there with me? Yes, sir. Yes. yes. And then as you level up, you can, you know coach more people on different stuff, be at the door for higher experienced people. They're doing bigger things, more people flying in the tunnel and all that kind of stuff.
0: Eventually like free fly, uh, being there for free flyers takes a whole different game, right? Yeah. What level is, is there a level or a certain designation to work at least
1: at level three, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Okay. And obviously still a lot of new stuff to your brain. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, Man, sorry, I it's you guys get so busy back here. I actually feel pretty happy that I've done enough tonight. Like, this is the best I've ever Dude, done. you're doing great. But, man, every, it's, every
2: time I look up, you got a new video going. Yeah. It's just it's, weird that you're pointing the camera at Cisco and he's not talking. Oh, me. see, now... I don't go don't go. let me tell you how to do your job. It's cool.
0: <laughs> no, help me, Rhonda, help me. So, man...
2: Uh, but now it's not pointing at you and you're talking.
0: <laughs> ah,
2: two. I don't know what no, to do no. with my hands. Sorry to anyone who's watching. Oh, it got so weird so fast. <laughs> Man, you, I was doing good with video
0: till I said something and just jeeped Yeah, you myself. brought it up. Yeah, and I'm still not talking on camera right now. That's all good. Anyways, you you went to the tunnel. What is your overall goal, your over, overall aspiration? Are you going to stay tunnel? Are you coming back to the sky? What What's the plan?
1: Um, I mostly got into the tunnel because I started coaching last year in the tunnel, and it would have made a lot out each if I had the rating so I don't have to depend on other instructors to be there for me so I can <clears throat> coach people. But I'm also seeing the other side of the coin, you know. I've been in skydiving for over 10 years now, and the opportunity to present it, it seems like a good time to take it, so I just went for it.
0: So <clears throat> at this point, you're going to basically be a full-time tunnel instructor and skydive every now and then?
1: No, still, skydiving is still my priority, uh, so is rigging mostly. So, I'm still trying to be at the job as much as I can, either working, fun jumping or coaching, mentoring, whatever's got going on so you're <coughs> excuse me, you're really looking at
0: part time hours said iFly.
1: it's it's a hot, it's a gray area right now it's
0: a gray area you've You've seen plenty of our friends do exactly what yeah. you're doing right now, and I would even say sometimes we've teased our friends about what they were trying to do during yeah. this process, and it's definitely a different animal being on that side of the fence, isn't it? yeah. So,
2: um, I'm gonna just go back and stare at you for a minute. And it's a little far from everything else that you do in, in in the world, right? Yeah, Woodland is a little far north.
1: It's a little far north. It's definitely a little bit of a drive, but you know, you got to make sacrifices to get things that you want.
2: That's what's up.
1: You know, you truer gotta, words you,
2: cannot be spoken.
1: You got to do what other people are not willing to do to get better results. I agree.
2: Couldn't agree more. In fact. So uh, that's, a, that's an exciting change, man. Congratulations. Yep. I'm, I'm super. I was uh, sad to hear that I was going to maybe see you at the drop zone less just because I've seen it. You know, I've seen a lot of people make that uh, make that move to the tunnel and just realize that it yep. takes up a lot of time. Yeah, can take up a big chunk. But uh, I do know that you have a pretty good work ethic and it wouldn't surprise me if you do better than some of our friends who have who've, uh, Thank tried, you. tried to share those those two worlds. That's the plan some some more uh, aff students do some more coaching out there right
1: yeah that's the plan you're trying to get more people flying overall more people in the tunnel more people in the sky go it goes both ways I, everybody it, that goes skydiving i invite them to come out in the tunnel and try it and everybody that's at the tunnel i invite them to come out and skydive
2: so you're pretty fresh into this uh into this world of being trained as an instructor yeah. What do you want to say to anyone who thinks they might want to be an instructor? I'm thinking about, oh yeah, I want to go get a job at the tunnel. I'm thinking about it. What what should they know?
1: Um just be sure that this is what you want to do. Just like anything else in life. If you really want to do it, go for it, give it your all and expect nothing but the best out of the experience.
2: But what if on day 3 it's hard? Then should probably- I qu- should I quit? No, that's I'm sorry. I don't even know <laughs> that guy. That's rude.
1: Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to talk about that.
0: And did he at least go back to CSR? Or did he completely quit? No,
1: he completely quit. He put it in two weeks in, and but oh. two weeks, meaning that he was never going to show up again.
2: Audi five thousand. And yeah. honestly,
0: you, to give him the benefit of the doubt, you never know what extenuating circumstances were going on in his life.
2: This is a fun conversation. When no. was the last time you quit a job?
1: um right before i came to spaceland
2: what and what job was that <laughs> i was a
1: uh, pool boy
2: <laughs> oh my god so fitting yeah okay so you're you're walking around shirtless clean and wealthy ladies pools is that yeah what?
1: that's what i did god. making sure that those how uh, many videos
2: of you are on Pornhub, ladies
1: Come on. Uh, i'm not allowed to talk about that <laughs> per, per my lawyer so uh, how,
2: how did you get into being a pool boy
1: I was just kind of in between. I was just I just came from the from summer at Lodi, I think, and uh, I didn't have nothing going on in Puerto Rico. And I, this job for you just kind of it was a weekend thing, so I just took it to do something on the weekends to make some money. And <laughs> is
0: that that does that look like you, Cisco?
1: Is that what you oh got going God. on i thought that that was actually a picture of francisco you had found
3: <laughs>
0: like, nope
2: you're just looking
0: <laughs> just googling pull boys you're welcome jimmy win
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah I started uh, working like in august maybe or september and then i saw the space plan ad that they were looking for videographers and that, obviously that's the route that i wanted to go i sent in my resume kind of thinking that i was not going to get hired <laughs> But then Jason Hyder wrote me, he's like, Yeah, it's
2: Jason Hyder, the godfather. He's a the man. The godfather. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah, come out. Everything Miss looks him. good.
2: Have we ever talked about having Jason Hyder on the podcast? Yes. And
0: when he disappeared from Spaceland, he just disappeared from our man, lives. Man, I'm going to get him on. Here. Yeah. I don't know if he would do it. He,
2: uh. What's, a, what's he got to lose? He's a fun guy. He's got a great personality. His
0: name came up once on the show. So we don't edit. We don't do anything we don't change anything we're raw that's this is who we are there's actually one episode that has an edit in it jason Hyder came up he said he wanted his private life to be just that private don't want anybody else to hear anything about him i was able to actually cut out like five seconds to ten seconds it was a very short blurb of him and cut it out
2: and and really it fit perfect you you can't tell we did it well he's a great guy yeah. i would have nothing negative to say about him yeah yep. no. not that guy he
1: just likes his privacy i believe and yeah, i respect
2: that's that. fine I, I get that
1: so, yeah, he told me to come out, and I put in my two weeks, and two weeks later, I was here. Did you work those two weeks when you quit? No. Nope. Bounced. Yeah, bounced. Do you,
0: Does anybody ever get to work there? I mean, it seems so rare. People work their final two weeks on a
2: two-week notice.
1: I mean, I, I put me in my two weeks, but it was only two weekends. And they were like, yo, you know, we don't really need you, so. Don't come back, stupid yeah. pool boy. Take your hot body out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that stupid face. All right, DJ, same question. When
2: was the last time you quit a job? Oh, the one I used to have before skydiving. I was working
0: for Ford. I went from sales to the management team in the body shop. And in the body shop, I had a two week vacation. Uh, I was to get into management. You went from sales to someplace in management. And eventually, they bring you back to sales management. So you have more experience. Hey, we're done with you in the body shop. You've been the assistant manager. You're going to come back to the sales management side and get trained, but we don't have a spot to do it yet. Take your two-week vacation, and we'll hit you back up. Awesome. I'll be back in two weeks. During those two weeks, I went and skydived full-time. And about a week into skydiving full-time, I called up the boss like, hey, man, it's DJ. Hey, how you doing? I've been skydiving the whole time. I want to talk to you. You're not coming back, are you? Uh, no, I mean I'll, I'll, I'm putting in my notice. I'll come back. They're like, no, we've been like we all you talk about is skydiving. All you want to do, we're not shocked at all. So my last job was leaving a Ford dealership to
2: come skydive for a living. What about you, Mister P? Well, I I did quit piercing to to start skydiving full time, but uh, that's not a fun story. So I'm going to tell the job before that. <laughs> so when I started to learn uh, to do body piercing, I was like 17. And I was working at a telemarketing place, which was the worst job you could possibly ever You're have. You were one of those. What was the so, name of it? Uh, the the call center was PIC, Public Interest okay. Communications. And it was actually uh, like fundraising for charities and nonprofits, and none of it was cold calling. So we were only calling people who had given to these groups before. So it wasn't as bad as it, as it could have been, and it wasn't like you were talking like, it's not like, hey, I'm going to try and sell you some shit that you've never heard of before. It's like, hey, give me some money for free. So <laughs> it's even better. But uh, so I was working at that job and I did pretty well. I was a supervisor. And when you learn to do piercing, you go through an apprenticeship where you basically work for free for some you know period of time until you acquire the skill set. And then uh, you make the transition into doing it for money. And so I was right on the edge of doing of making this transition of like my my apprenticeship was coming to an end. I was just starting to be, to be able to do it for for paid work, and was still working at this uh, call center. And so I was the the call center and the piercing studio were pretty close to each other, like a handful of blocks. And so I was on call for the for the piercing studio because one of the guys who had trained me was out of town, and it was like a random slow Sunday morning in Utah, which didn't you know probably wasn't going to be that busy so i was like you know maybe i can get away with them not calling me in and then they called me in so i had a picture of me at work that i blew up really big on the photocopier and i cut my face out of the picture and then made like a little card cartoon talk bubble and i'm a supervisor at this point just just keep that in mind and in the talk bubble i I wrote you can't fire me i quit and then i put that on my boss's door and i walked out in the middle of my supervisor shift
0: Man, I think you were fishing for the time I walked out of a job when you asked about my quitting.
2: Yeah, well, you can give me an epic quit if you got one. Um,
0: I think I might have told the story before, but I worked at a club in San Diego. I had my normal full-time job, and part-time at nights, I worked at a place called 4th & B. Um, You Really, if you think of, uh, uh, what's the name of the stupid, uh, not Planet Hollywood, uh, House of Blues, it's a House of Blue style club where we had all sorts of things, Com- comedy nights, concert, club venues, you name it. We, we'd done it, rock shows. I saw Twisted Sister there. I saw uh, Judas Priest there. I saw uh, Brian McKnight there. Like, you name it, we saw it all. And we were having a meeting uh, two months ahead of New Year's Eve, and the boss was like, hey, we're coming up to the holiday season. Just so you know, New Year's Eve, everybody has to work. He's, he, we're all in this big meeting. I'm like hey yo man, this is my part time job. New Year's Eve is my birthday. It is the one day I have never worked. I don't work. I won't work. Um, I said it a little bit nicer than that, and he goes, "Well, if you're not going to work New Year's Eve, you might as well quit right now because you have to work New Year's Eve." I took the radio off my belt. I set it down on the counter in front of me. I said, "I'm out of here," and I just <laughs> I walked the fuck out. Um, it was a good time. I uh, the, the GM was such a great fucking dude. He let me back in the club anytime I wanted. I wanted to come to a show and sit in for free. He w- he would let me in. I don't know why he was super cool to me but he he accepted it he was nice and maybe because i came back that evening and wanted to apologize say hey i didn't mean to be rude but you said i might as well so i followed the rules bro yeah that's funny yeah what what year was this how long ago oh let's see dang it's man um i started skydiving 2000 ish maybe
2: 2099 somewhere around there so (laughs) can can you imagine a job that you might want in the future that you would ever interview for Man. Because I know, like, in your current line of business, if you continue doing what you're doing, you're not really going to ask for a job from somebody else, right? You might be in a meeting to, you know, let's just say maybe you're going to uh, absorb a company or merge with a company or whatever, but you're probably not sitting in front of someone's desk, having filled out a, you know, handed someone your resume, right? So,
0: I mean, it, it's a loaded question because a, a little learning about, I guess, my life for some people, you know, that Valerie and I have retirement plans. And, and our retirement plans aren't super soon, but they're probably earlier than the average person age-wise. And we want to retire when we can enjoy life. Um, so my goal is to retire through my own business, my own company, and Valerie and, and her retirement plan, Sugar Mama. Um, but from there, we like we plan on working in national forests and in parks and with, with uh, people who have needs, whether it's homeless shelters, whether it's people getting back on their feet. We just feel like our retirement is our time to give back to the planet to people to society and probably gonna have to interview for some of those positions because we might work in places for a year or two at a time so yeah i I could see it and those are those are the passions i would have is to better what i've messed up
2: have you i mean when you say messed up what do you mean Uh, that doesn't seem like that could possibly be a, a genuine statement I feel like unless we're talking about like the environmental damage that comes from being a full-time skydiver, that could be argued. But I mean, what, what do you mean by that?
0: We could all be better humans. Uh, we've known each other long enough to, to know that we've all matured to some level, and. As a younger fella, I was definitely a fucknut to say the minimum, man. I mean, god damn, I was fucking stupid, dude. If I had one thing to say to twenty-four-year-old DJ, I'd just punch him. That's—I don't even have anything to say to him, dude. Fucking put his face on a
2: curb and kick, put, kick him in the back of the head. Will you also punch twenty-seven-year-old Francisco?
0: No. I How old
1: are? Did I guess abs. that right? How old are you? Twenty-nine. Oh, Twenty-nine. Well, I would make love to those abs. You look yeah. great. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So I just—I see the a the environmental. Footprint, as you know, Valerie is big into the environment and into stuff like that. So, the, giving back to that, but so many people have helped me along the way. You know, so many friends, you've helped me in different ways, you've helped me in different ways, and, and even people who don't realize that they've helped me in ways that they'll never understand. And then I have had friends, a buddy of mine named Robert Clark, know I was so down on my luck, such in a bad place, all to my own. Luck is a bad word, bad decisions. Uh, that he one day threw me a bunch of money to help lift me up, and I, I d- he didn't know how much I needed. He didn't know what was going on. He just wanted to help a homie, and it happened to be the perfect amount. Um, I tried to give it back one day. He didn't care. He didn't want it. He was happy to see I was successful. So giving back, that I think that's more of what I mean by giving back than anything
2: else. You know, I don't want to go into too much detail, but I recently tried to repay what I thought was a debt to someone who in their eyes was a gift to me. And, man, that is the most frustrating thing when you feel like you owe a person something and they won't accept it. Man, that's, that's a struggle for me to deal with.
0: I got really blessed as a young fella. I, Uncle Miyachi, Miyachi-san, is uh, one of my Japanese uncles. I, my family, my mom, my dad, my sister, and I were out in a mall in Japan about 45 minutes from my mother's house or my grandmother's house. And we were doing some shopping and we saw Miyachi-san at the store and he wanted to hang out with me. He, he never had sons of that I know of and he wanted to get to know his American nephew better. And so he's like, yo, can I bring him home and a little bit later on? You guys go back home. We're going to spend the day together. And my mom's like, yeah, go for it. And during that, that little shopping trip, he tried to buy me a really nice RC remote control car. I don't know if you remember uh, Grasshopper was the name of a, a pretty nice car um, back in the day. I turned it down over and over again because I I can't take this. It was a really expensive gift. And when we got home, my uncle Miyachi, uh, he, he let my mom know how disappointed he was in me. And my parents at that point explained that you turn down gifts, you turn down whatever once. The second time you turn it down, you're offending somebody and you take it graciously and you're just thankful and realize it's now your turn to give it to somebody else. You'll never return the gift to the person it came from, but you will return it to somebody else who will then pass it along.
2: That's a really healthy way to look at it, and I hope that my stubborn brain can fuck no, <laughs> can follow that logic. It won't. It won't. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll give it a shot. Yeah. So, uh Cisco, you mentioned uh rigging earlier that you're still pretty new to that world, right? Yeah. How how long have you had your riggers ticket?
1: Uh it's gonna be two years in May. How, and you weren't using it very much at first? Um a decent amount. You know, I'm still Consider like a part-timer at the loft Mm -hmm. so i would get you know work here and there whenever they uh they were super busy i mean
2: did you start right away doing work in the spaceland loft when you got your riggers ticket yeah Uh, and did you kind of have that deal set up before you tested and everything
1: no because when i came here i already had like all the requirements done for my rigging test i just needed to get current so uh, i started working with jeremy and matthew and then when Kelly left, that spot kind of opened up. So I kept putting my work into it. And uh, me and Jeremy, when I got... Jeremy got his um, his master's and I got my seniors. And they just kind of gave me work right then and there. Kind of earn my way into the law. I always I say. So you do
2: pack jobs primarily, reserve pack jobs? Yeah, for what, the most part. Do you, do you do anything on the sewing machine?
1: I do sewing projects here and there. Not, not a whole lot. Um... I want to say that I want to do them more, but in reality, I don't.
2: <laughs> what What do you not enjoy about that sewing machine?
1: It's hard to, you know, it's just not sewing is, you know, having an ethic of putting work out there that you're going to be proud of. Uh-huh. And I might do something. It's like, well, is it going to work? Yes. But it's not pretty. But it's not pretty <laughs> and aesthetic like I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So it's going to, you know, find my find myself having a... Fighting that, fighting that middle ground of doing good work and actually making it look good because that's that's a big thing Mm -hmm. in the rigging. You know, you wanted your rig. One thing is just to pack a parachute and put it in the bag, but Mm -hmm. it's another thing to pack it good and make it look good.
2: And the sewing machine's even harder to, to do. Yeah, that. that makes sense, man. Have you uh, been to any of the manufacturers and watched any gear be be put together? No, man. Man, it is so crazy. Uh, that would be an experience. I went and uh, visited uh, Velocity Sports production facility uh, a year ago, in November. And man, watching Kelly on a sewing machine, it's like Ooh. it's just like watching a duck in water. Man, he just moves with the material. He moves it through so fast. And man, it's super. Like I am timid and uh, and every time i put a stitch in on the sewing yeah. machine i'm trying to i'm my foot is so light on that pedal and i'm still trying to make it go slower it's but, an art
1: but, it's definitely an art but man he
2: was he was tearing it up uh we're going to uh florida this month yeah well next month technically but uh yeah. oh yeah it's still january for another day yeah it's,
0: yeah it's gonna be great because we have the land air show and, and since we're here i'll give you a quick update but after this update of the air show. I want to talk about how hard is it to become a rigger, the task, the, the pathway you took to become a rigger. But the, the land Air show, uh, we have six slots for the show, right? Uh, what's his name? Shannon Pilcher confirmed. Mm-hmm. Bill Booth confirmed his slot. Tom Noonan was going to be out of town and asked to pick up mm-hmm. a slot absolutely said yes man
2: for sure get him back
0: john leblanc's people are talking to my people uh, a, a, a an employee a, a nice who guy who are name. your people are they japanese is that what you're talking the about? other voices in my the head okay. <laughs> the, the 20 thousand voices um we are talking as soon as he gets back he's traveling we're gonna lock in his slot so really we have four committed with three slotted so we have two slots left and i already know who i want to ask to fill him in but I kind of liked your idea of doing the musical chair, like just having random people yeah, show th- up. Yeah, I
2: think that's either going to go really great or be a total disaster. <laughs> I'm not sure which. Like tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going great. So hey. handsome. You stop Look at it. That You're getting my ego. Hey, I will. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you, like, Can do you have a, a short medium-sized list of people that we could invite to say hey maybe if you want to come and be on this on this thing i just worry that if someone was feeling nervous about it at all if they were having any sort of trepidation that they might just say oh someone else is going to show up i don't want to be there and then it's just me and you doing this for two hours in florida
0: so yeah the biggest concern I have is is the list is long enough and we have enough friends there that I I'm, I worry that if it would become too discombobulated too too fast too rapid fire I mean, speed dating's a thing, right? It, it is. But I mean, we see how fast the LB live shows roll through mm-hmm. and how quickly we get out of information with those. I think it would be really easy to say we have six people lined up to run in and we never get past the second or third one because we get caught up shooting the shit.
2: I mean, we could absolutely just structure it. Uh, a ti- a timer is going to go off you're going to have a minute after the timer to wrap up whatever whatever it is we were just talking about, and then you're going to have to send your buddy in on your way out.
0: Speed dating, Gravity Lab radio style. Yeah. We'll just dub it the speed dating show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Actually, I'm liking this idea. Yeah, I think if we do that, it'll be the last slotted show. Uh, we are there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, doing a 9 a.m. and a 3 p.m. show every day. Um, So we have a lunch break and a dinner break. And the cool part that you kind of started this conversation with is we're going to do tours of a lot of manufacturers. Yeah, that's where that came from. Yeah, we're going to have a a good time checking out uh, UPT, checking out
1: performance designs. I'm
2: really excited to see PD's facility.
0: Dude, it's, uh, have you ever, Cisco, been to PD and check out what they have?
1: No, man. That would be definitely up there. That's one experience I definitely want to have.
0: I've been pretty lucky. <clears> it was 2000-ish. I uh, was visiting uh, Titusville, Florida Space Center. A buddy was training there as a, as a sky surf team. And they took us to PD and got their sponsored tour of, of whatever's going on. And I was a very young jumper, and I was, I was impressed. It was like, holy cow, the thought process is what you guys go through. It, it just blew my mind. And then I went back in uh, 2015 and got another visit, actually, with the sponsorship director, you know, Kyle Schoonover. Uh, Kyle showed me around, and this time I have a deep knowledge. Um, I've, the only thing I haven't done for my rigorous ticket is test it out. I've got 60 repacks. I've gone through basically the whole process and then said, I don't want to do this. So I quit on day four. I made it further than day three. Um, uh, oh, shoot. Uh, water oh, over the you, keyboard. Did you just pull a Nikolat <laughs> yeah, over there? buddy, well, I did. You didn't break any glass. Just no. So you failed. Now, So, uh, yeah, I got to see it again, and it was really interesting to see the facility, to get a tour of everything with an understanding. Like when they say, hey, this is a stabilizer, I actually know what they meant. Uh-huh. So I, I enjoyed it, and, uh, man, anybody who's in the Deland area, I recommend. It's not a, a uh, tour that we get to get on because we're special. It's a tour that they give anybody and everybody. So it's super, super uh, cool, and it's really neat to see what goes into building your parachute.
2: I demand a slightly more special version of the tour.
0: We'll bring a stepladder.
2: All right, perfect. Now I can see everything. So, uh, no DJ, you had a really good spot of where we we're going to pick back up with this rigger conversation.
0: Yeah, man. So, uh, I, once upon a time, I trained to be a rigger. I really wanted to. You've actually probably used some of my crap in the riggers kit upstairs. It never gets touched by me. Yeah. My clamps, um, which you've heard me say, just please put them back. I don't really yeah. care. Use them. Um, I enjoyed it, but... Somebody wants to become a rigger. Let's share your story. What should we do? What what should
2: people do to get there?
1: Well, um, you know, officially to become a rigger, a senior rigger for that matter, you need 20 pack jobs. So
2: there's a senior rigger and a master rigger, right? Correct. Okay. We're going to come back to that. 20 pack jobs.
1: 20 pack jobs on the rating that you're seeking, because there's four different ratings. Mm-hmm. There's backseat, lap, and chest, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Because we're talking about pilot parachutes, right? Yeah. Pilot rigs, bailout rigs?
3: Yeah.
1: So uh, my ratings on back, um, back rigs. You need twenty pack jobs, and then you need to pass an FAA written, oral, and practical exam.
2: Okay, let's start with the written. What what sort of information's on there?
1: Uh, just about everything. Just, how um,
2: how much of the information on there is actually relevant to packing skydiving rigs?
1: Oh, probably like three percent. Very little, right? Very They're little. pulling
2: from a big knowledge base of pretty yeah, and this equipment. is also
1: based on um, the test is based from like 30, 40 years ago. So uh, a lot of it oh, is n- is not up to date, and a lot of stuff you're not gonna really use on a daily basis when you're rigging. Um, the exam has everything, anything from stitching patterns, knots, you know, actual terms of the of the parachutes. Like, I didn't, I didn't know for the longest time what was span-wise or cord-wise. Mm-hmm. You know what that is on the parachute? Yeah,
2: cords back to front spans right to left.
1: Correct. So, I didn't understand that for the longest time. Um, packing around parachutes, a lot of details about around. I didn't understand until I actually did it myself. Um, what else is in there? There's some flight rules. um, Just just regulations, F.A.R.S.
0: I think it's Um, like part 67 that covers or part 69 that covers rigging
1: and the F.A.R.S. Yeah, but don't quote me on it because I'm not really sure.
2: I mean, this is one thing that terrifies me about the thought of like USPA going away and the F.A.A. governing skydiving is like the F.A.A. is governing parachute rigging. Yeah. The F.A.A. also governs drone flying, which is a test I've had to take. Yeah. And it's like hearing you describe how the information doesn't really apply to the job. Same way with the with the drone test. Okay. If it's like They want you to know so much information mm-hmm. that is totally unrelated to the, the task itself that it's almost pointless. And can you imagine if they were governing skydiving, the hoops that we would yeah. have to go through?
1: And also they want you to memorize a lot of this stuff when all reality, you are going to have a handbook if you need it. You don't need to know this stuff from your mind, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need to have memory of it you can always because you're going to look it up right yeah you're going to you look it. it up if you have any questions or anything
0: part 65 by the way is what it was I was off by a few numbers yeah. man it's <laughs> it's silly Nick I want to go back to what you said because imagine if the FAA governed us instead And I regularly hear people bitch and complain about like, yo, man, this USPA license test is stupid. This USPA rule or regulation is stupid. The SIM, Skydiver's Information Manual, the IRM Instructional Rating Manual are written horribly. And I won't disagree with a lot of the horrible writing. Um, So for those of you who complain about the way the test is written, it's to keep the FAA off our back. Hey, FAA guy comes up to us. Hey, you guys should be... By, no, no, look at the look at the test we're giving. Have you read the license test lately? Gosh, it's been a while. Go in the office in the next couple of days. I'm sure we'll see some weather sometime soon. And uh, ask to pull out the license test and just go over. Some of them you're going to go, oh, that question makes a lot of sense. That question's super legit. And then some of them it's like, that's there to satiate the FAA. That mm-hmm. is there to keep it off our back. Even the, the rules and regulations... In the manuals are written to, and I'm going to quote the board of directors: "Mary FAA verbiage." Uh, very specifically, I was on the board for a short time when we would make or, or set new policies or standards. Very quickly, somebody would say "Mary FAA verbiage." That they would say those three words just to make sure we were writing it properly. Which, by the way, Mike Mullins is freaking dope at. Mike Mullins really knows how to how to deal with the FAA.
2: How to fool the man? <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> What? That's what you're doing, right? <laughs> yeah, it is, man. Pulling the man. Pulling right. the wool over his eyes. So, man. Uh, whew. So I forget where I was at, man.
2: We we're talking about rigging and
0: rigging? tests. Also,
1: yeah. yeah. oh, you got to be 65. over 18 years old and speak English, by the way. Oh, so how did you get through? Because I'm bilingual <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a citizen. <laughs> For everybody out there that doesn't know this, Puerto Rico is part of the States.
2: Yeah. So you're not from another country, right? Is Puerto Rico a country?
1: Yes. We have our own Olympic team. Okay. but So we don't go to represent the United States. We go and represent Puerto Rico.
2: But when you want an American passport, you're happy to have
0: one Yeah, of
1: I love you guys' help. You son of a
3: bitch. Give me money.
0: Like <laughs> that earthquake we helped in.
1: Yeah, you guys did. Yeah, and the hurricane. And the hurricane. That's not to talk about Maria. <laughs>
2: So how many how many pack jobs would you get? Well, you have a logbook, right?
1: Yeah, uh, we have to keep a logbook. You have to keep a log for at least three years of every pack job that so you do. How
2: many reserves have you packed?
1: I'm um, getting close to 100. All right. And got a little over like 10 or 15 saves. Man, now. that's
2: that's pretty impressive for the, I, yep. I mean, that's one out of 10. Yep. I, guess, I guess maybe I've, I'm, I'm trying to think. No, I haven't jumped. I haven't had a reserve right on one out of 10 pack jobs. No way. Not even close.
1: Nope. Uh. Well, you've been
2: packing the mains too. That's
1: what that means. Yeah, you got to get those cutaways to get those <laughs> repacks.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you guys my guys mentioned it, but uh, you have to do twenty repacks, right? Yeah. Not for use. So if you're you, no. you can't just go pack your homies rig. Now I I'm not gonna say everybody follows the rules because you can't go six over sixty five yeah. on the freeway either. But you basically have to have a practice or a dummy rig. And, and fortunately, uh, primary rigging services, Jeremy and Matthew, do have a, a dummy rig up there to let people throw down yeah. repack after repack on. Um, I would probably admit that I all 60 of my repacks are actually used. As I say used, worn on somebody's back. I actually have three saves, but technically I have none because... We interpreted the yeah. rules quite differently back then. And yeah, really uh, a little, a couple of
1: years bar, uh, back, uh, you can pack a reserve on the supervision and still put a seal on it.
0: It was a lot more than a couple years.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then they changed that rule. I think it was
0: about 15-ish years.
1: Oh, oh really? Yeah. That long? It's been,
0: yeah, I did all my repacks uh, prior to 06 or 05. I know prior to 05, I did most of them. And then for uh, maybe one or two more in 06. And it was somewhere around the time that I stopped doing it and said, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I don't want this responsibility. I freaking hate yeah. packing. So uh, I just said no. And then the rules changed somewhere around, or at least there's an argument did the rules change or was clarity brought to yeah. the rules? So we, either way, there's clarity to whatever new or old. Yeah.
2: So you're a rigger. Yes, sir. You're a tandem instructor. Yes, Nylon sir. American. You're an AFF instructor. Yes, sir. Did we say videographer? Not yet. Are oh, you a videographer? Yes. Now you're a tunnel instructor. Yes. All right. It's pretty pretty diverse background. The whole package. Which, uh, some would say.
1: What's uh, What's your favorite thing to do out of all of those? Uh, I think uh, flying video is one of my favorites. What do you like
2: about flying video?
1: <laughs> Everything. I like interacting with the passenger. I like trying to shoot a movie for a person, being part of their experience. Flying. And flying my parachute, just the whole experience of shooting video, I love from beginning to end. I agree, everything about (laughs) it.
2: (laughs) So tell me about being a tandem instructor, because it seems like once every few years, I get this little inkling of man, maybe I want to get my tandem rating, and it's it's always a very very fun student. They did well in free fall. They had a blast. They land. They're super excited. And I think about the moment when the parachute opens and how how fun that moment probably is. And that's a moment I've never been there for.
1: Tandems is uh, I'm not gonna lie. I, I, Let's I, start
2: with it. How, how many tandems do you have? Over
1: 1500. 1500
2: tandems. Over, yeah. over how how long how long did you ago did you start Since doing tandems?
1: 2017.
2: Okay, so that's all all yeah. in a pretty short period. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about tandems.
1: Tandems, they're definitely fun. They're definitely... There's something about taking a person on the first guide that is special.
2: So it's the interaction with the student that's fun. Yeah. Okay.
1: But um, at the end of the day, it's also a job. Mm-hmm. So if you're not enjoying it, you're not going to give out a good experience to your passenger. So you're going to have to... you got to have some type of love or appreciation for what you're doing to give out a good experience. Mm-hmm. And... uh I think a lot of people I finding myself nowadays in that vicious circle of where I'm kind of losing the love or appreciation for it and I kinda wanna step aside from it.
2: When you think about like just imagine the times that you're not having a good time at work as a tandem instructor, what what about the job is it that that's making you feel that way? Is <laughs> it you're you're worried you're gonna get a <laughs> shitty exit? I'm always
1: worried. To be honest, doesn't matter how much experience I get, I'm always worried that some one of this person is going to try to kill me. And there's not, there's no getting away from it. You know, you can't, you literally can't unhook them once they're hooked up, and you're on. It's almost literally impossible to unhook that person from you.
2: I've, I've seen some. I, I think that's a very legitimate thought to have. I've seen some really terrible, not terrible. I've seen some pretty unskilled tandem instructors. And I've seen some absolutely insane tandem students. And I've never seen... I've never really seen it go (laughs) all that wrong. I mean, if you look at the big picture, the fatalities and accidents have happened. But, uh, man, when you factor in the number of crazy students and the number of subpar tandem instructors, it's like, man, it seems like it's pretty... Odds are pretty good in your favor, especially if you have a, a decent skillset. They are.
1: I mean, for the most part, they are going to go. Everything's going to be fine.
2: But it but it still impacts your ability to enjoy it, right? Those, yeah. Those thoughts.
1: But, uh, you know, sometimes you just feel that energy from the person and you're like, oh, this one, this is it. <laughs> this is the one that's going to get me. Okay.
2: How often do you have that thought and they do perfectly?
1: I would say a 50-50. Okay. Like to get that energy of being like this is the one that's gonna get me for the most part (laughs) i I, i'm i read them pretty good and
2: this is the one that's gonna get me is there um, i don't know maybe i shouldn't ask this question is there anything that these people have in common when you think this is the one that's gonna get me
1: uh for the most part usually they're super tense they're really scared and that'll be it not not good listeners yeah not good listeners like this guy right here on the screen. Yeah, you know, <laughs> jumping a somebody that's six six out of a four feet door—it's just never gonna work out.
2: Man, there—I've seen. Uh, did you know Donnie? There are still pictures him. of him yeah. around the drop zone and some of the some of the promotional stuff. But man, he's a guy shorter than me, who I don't know if I ever saw Donnie get taken on a ride.
0: I worked with Donnie for a long time, and the staff was a lot thinner. And, and during that time, we we did all the jumps. We never had a day off. And I don't know if I've seen Donnie taken on a ride.
2: You know, I, I can still see his face on an on an exit. And if it was a if it was a guy, he'd say, "All right, get ready to arch for me, man. Ready, set, arch." And if I it actually was, been
1: using it, that a whole it, lot. If it t- was, since you mentioned it, I was like, "Get ready to arch." Yeah, I mean, you, you put line. it in
2: their ear and you say, ready, yeah. set, arch. You really train what that word means on the ground. So when they hear it, they're they're ready. Man, I, th- I think it's a pretty effective tool. Yeah. But for, for women, he'd say, get ready to arch for me, beautiful. Ready, set, arch. And man, he almost always got good body position from a student. And even when he didn't, he was so committed to the arch that uh, he flew through it.
1: Yeah. Also, a person like that was um, Hazmat. Has
0: Has been. <laughs> yeah. Has been sick
2: burn, yeah.
1: Um, but I think if you dress for success, that uh, your chances of getting into that specific atmosphere is going to go away. So
2: I'm not a tandem instructor, <laughs> but dress for success means you got to wear the jumpsuit, wear a little bit of drag.
1: Yeah, put some drag, put some jeans, <gasps> put a big shirt. Is it
2: more more help, <laughs> more helpful on the arms or the legs?
1: Um, for me, is the legs they're dragging the legs. What is t- so funny to you? What's uh, going I, I thought
0: here? the guy on your show tonight was wearing only underwear. So just short pants. Yeah, yeah.
1: I will take my
0: pants off right <laughs> yeah. now. You, you wouldn't be the first to. person to take clothes. Yeah, actually, you wouldn't be the first time you've taken clothes
2: off on the show. So you know what? Go for it, Nick. Enjoy yourself. I have stretchy pants on beneath these pants. I'm a fraud. You're ah, oh, you lie. I was butt- ready to take out. mine
1: off if you did. <sighs> Are
2: we gonna go straight underpants right now? <laughs>
1: I mean, I got, oh, I got God. my sexy underwear. Pants off, dance off. Uh, I can't do it.
2: <laughs> dress for
0: success.
1: Me five years ago would have totally taken
2: my pants off. What's <laughs> happened to me? I, <laughs> I <laughs> want to like you?
0: hit that dress for success <laughs> uh, moment for a question for one moment and. So definitely one of the things that I'm careful of is I don't stay as current doing tandems. It's not uncommon. My tandem currency is done by taking people in their course. Like taking you on a front ride might be my yeah. qualification to stay current because I don't take enough noobs. So I for sure wear enough drag because I'm just not as current or as fresh as of a flyer as you are. That's Right now, if you and I went on a contest to so you could outfly a tandem student, you'd win. I'm not stupid. I'm not foolish. You are very current. So I dress a lot of drag, but even when I was super current, I wouldn't wear, like a lot of people do shorts and t-shirt. Yeah. I'd rather have the drag and not need it than need it and not have it. And Nick shot one of my favorite students ever, a little German 18-year-old girl, and on opening, basically put her feet in front of her face and tipped the super head low. Did, had, did
2: you see these pictures? I don't think Man, I Man, this girl was flying her legs like crazy. She was a gymnast, right? is that what yeah. I remember? And you know how hard it is for a tandem student to get their feet into the wind? Like, she was, like, fully... Oh, God, he's got the picture right here. Look at this.
0: Look at that girl, dude.
2: So, she left a plane with her feet in a perfectly good body position.
0: And in free fall, it went from perfectly good to this, to this, and at
2: deployment time, this. If anyone (laughs) is listening and not watching, she's basically got both of her... Like, the soles (laughs) of her feet are almost pointed straight down at the ground. But then she's doing, like, a wide split... At the same time.
1: It's called Tandem Freestyle.
2: Yeah, and she's killing the game. That's a gold medal performance. Yeah. Dude, for sure. The, my favorite part is
0: after we landed, she saw everybody kind of giggling and laughing, and she like, apologized about her feet. And I said, well, what happened? She said, I didn't know what to do with my legs. And in my brain, I said, you chose that? <laughs> I like the, the whole instruction of leave your legs up between my <laughs> legs, etc.
2: she is... A very memorable tandem student.
0: But there was, at at landing, there were a couple guys on staff who debated whether I staged this. They actually, people said, you staged this, didn't you? Because I tell them, wear arm drag in case I take you head low on opening. And if you watch the video, she takes us a little bit head low I'm grabbing air for dear life going, this is going to hurt if I don't. And it works out. And first of all, I I would never stage that shit, dude. I am lazy. I don't want to fucking work. But dress for success. I regularly see people dress upside down for success. And by that, I mean they wear free fly pants or baggy pants and a short sleeve shirt. Yeah. Uh, UPT will actually promote pre- and preach. Tom Noonan, the director of Tandem Ops, I, I preach the same thing. If you're going to dress in what we call half drag, wear a long sleeve baggy shirt and swoop shorts. Because how long are your legs? How effective are your legs? Yeah. Man, how long are your arms? Those are the limited, and those are where you want power. So I, I'm a huge advocate of, uh, I used to wear when I was super current a super baggy long sleeve shirt. Right before exit, I would pull them down to my wrist. And then uh, as soon as I would get under canopy, I'd pull them back up around my biceps. Fortunately, these things aren't very big. And I'd be comfortable the rest of the ride down. I would land, do everything right before we'd exit. Sleeves go down. Under canopy, sleeves go up. So I, it's an idea if you guys are tandem instructors out there that you, you yep. might want to try. How, how do you dress?
1: Um, I use jeans and a uh, long sleeve. Jeans, yeah.
0: Jeans. Hey, <laughs> how do you say jeans in Spanish? Jeans, Joda. We were just uh, <laughs> I, I, we just did a vacation. We did a, a the cruise. They had Star Wars trivia, oh, and this God. Mexican fella uh, kept calling him <laughs> Joda, and everybody on like half the audience would get super upset. And I was like, dude, he fucking like go go speak Spanish. Try it. He's speaking English better than you speak
2: Spanish. Are you, Are you a Star Wars nerd at all? No, good. Crisis of
0: No, murders. I
1: like girls.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, zing. <laughs> you right. say that all you want. I got Valerie. She buys me Star Wars shit. <laughs> so uh,
2: <sighs> apparently it works for some ladies. I guess he's got a point. Okay, so tandems, <laughs> three, three years, about 1,500 tandems. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your AFF experience?
1: AFF, um, I like AFF a lot. I really like teaching people how to jump out of a plane and be safe. Um, I got about maybe three, maybe 400 AFF jumps. I have my rating for maybe two years, I think, now. Hmm. You're looking at me like I might know that answer. Um, Yeah, since I show up to the course without even telling you.
0: Yeah, because I don't have a good memory, and we know that how that works (laughs) out, man. Me and my shitty memory, so... Um, 2017 <laughs> even showed up hashtag unexpectedly for an AFF yeah. instructor course. I I now remember this more and more. Um, yeah, you did it 2017. So it's been uh, oh, just over two years. 2016, I got my tandem
3: rating done. Yeah. yeah. So
0: So, um, dude, that was a good time, man. You, uh, th- this is you, isn't it? That's yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: you. That's, that's definitely
0: first. DJ oh,
2: yeah. being a shitty student. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> it's natural,
2: man. I can't help myself. <laughs> so, how would you say that your course? compares to doing
1: real
0: live aff be honest Jenga hurt my feelings
1: um the thing here is that when you're doing aff this person know that they can die they have that oh they've die. got
2: the fear in their mind
1: they got their fear in their mind mm-hmm. people go to the tunnel they don't think they, they can get hurt they just see this little amusement park we
0: actually got a comment and, uh, of somebody talking about the cat.
2: Oh, someone can hear the cat. Yeah, Good. Jimmy. I'm fin- happy that someone's actually heard it. Okay, so, yeah, uh, tunnel student doesn't have the fear. Experienced uh, trainer like DJ doesn't have the fear, but...
1: Oh, you're talking about the trainer. Okay, okay. No, I'm
2: just just uh, the difference in taking a real live AFF student uh, and the difference of, of going through the course okay. to, to get your AFF rating.
1: Um, So the difference
2: between an STP dive flow one and an AFF eva- eval jump.
1: Yeah. It's about the same. I'm focused, the same energy's the same. I'm <coughs> treating it like this person doesn't know how to skydive, mm-hmm. and I grab onto the leg strap, thinking that I'm never letting go. Um, you know, I knew DJ obviously from before that he was gonna, you know, fuck with me, so I was and smile doing it, <laughs> ready for <laughs> it, and the same thing with tandems and AFF student. You kind of know who's gonna perform and who's not. Mm-hmm. But I definitely get caught more of. I'll be like, oh, th- I think this person got in. Then we'll go for a diaphragm one, and here we go. Wrong. Spring break. <laughs>
3: Spring break.
1: Oh, <laughs> <We're>,
2: uh, <laughs> shit.
1: We're spinning. We're flying. We're not doing anything. We're being a giant noodle in the sky.
0: Matthew Peterson asks if you're nervous and to sit still. Oh, that I can't. I,
1: God,
2: sit still.
1: I can't stop moving. This is just don't my thing.
2: Stop. Really? Believe yeah. Like in the, I don't like in the plane. What do you mean? Oh, that right now? Oh, okay. no. But I'm
1: right here, I'm swinging from side to side. But usually on the plane or whenever I'm still, I'm always moving. Oh, I
2: thought he was making a joke about people not knowing how to hold still in the airplane because that's a conversation he and I oh. see really eye to eye on.
1: Then maybe it is. No, I don't think
2: it is. I think you're right. Yeah. It, it does. Is Francisco Taro nervous? Tell
0: him to sit still. <laughs> so I think it's it's in this moment. And Peterson, we are still on for uh, dinner Tuesday night. So uh, you don't get to know about it because you weren't here. That's fine. <laughs> uh, have right. you have you ever chased? Uh, you ever been to the harp with Peterson and a bunch of friends? Back yeah, in the for day? steak
2: night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: You want to know about Tuesday night critter? Matthew and I are going to go chase down steak night. Uh, okay. uh, I'm fasting on yes. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So real we're gonna change subjects and really honestly this conversation, this show has gone way too much about skydiving, although I enjoy it.
2: I hate skydiving. It's the, the dumbest thing I've ever been heard. This of. is
0: definitely more meant to be a shoot the shit, catch up and have a little bit really? of fun show, which is why we asked Cisco because we can hang out with homeboy. You're fasting. You're actually uh, crashing your diet right now. I say crashing. You're on a
2: diet. I've been on a a reasonably strict diet for at least a month now, and Mm -hmm. then uh, I give up food on Saturday.
0: And what about you, Cisco? Where are you at dietary-wise?
1: I'm eating a lot whenever (laughs) I can. That's that's the seafood diet. Yep. That's where I'm at right now. I buy you know whole foods and clean stuff, if you want to put it in that term, Mm -hmm. but I eat it all, like... (laughs) All the time. Like, I'm not controlling myself. I was supposed to start this diet, and then on Tuesday, we asked more night at the house. So it was a bunch of people at the house, and we just cooked. There was so much chocolate and marshmallows going around. It was ridiculous. My pants looked like. Honestly, it looked like I came on it because they were full of <laughs> marshmallow. I was just like, oh, this is great. And I'm just dropping the whole marshmallow on my thing. I was like, oh, what is this? The glory shot all over your you face. Know,
2: <laughs> marshmallows and chocolate all over the front of your pants. Yeah, and then sounds like I was party. hungry,
1: so I was like, you know what? I'm going to make pancakes. And I went and made blueberry pancakes and chocolate pancakes, and I had another more.
2: So when you say you were going to be on this diet, what what does that mean? What, what sort of diet?
1: Um... Nothing crazy, just watching what I eat, just cutting out sugars. Okay, no sugar. Uh, no sugar, really low on carbs, kind of that carbs. thing that we did on September, mm-hmm. kind of based on that, just a lot of proteins and fats. Um, but then today again, we uh, so Jed is moving <laughs> to Memorial, he's leaving the Woodlands, so we had a little cake for him today, so I went and ate, ate three or four pieces of cake. Dustin is always giving me shit, he's like, you're always eating me, I was like, how are you not? We're always eating, sitting here. And I'm just constantly eating, putting stuff in my mouth.
2: But you exercise more than he does. I'm sure, right? Yeah. So you're burning, you're burning more calories.
1: I definitely outwork anybody out so there.
2: So there's there's a common saying when you start talking about diet, is people want to say calories in, calories out. That no matter what sort of diet you're on, you're restricting you're restricting calories in, and if you burn more calories than you take in, then you're yeah, not, you'll be not, fine. You're not gaining weight. That's true, but I don't want to be made of fucking Snickers bars. Like I don't want my body to be built out of that garbage, right?
1: Correct. And but so, they taste so good. They do taste good. Yeah. I mean, we love that's, junk food.
2: I do, man. That's that's my biggest vice in life is is sweets.
1: But I mean, uh, I know. Yeah, we gotta, go and pick out all the time together. Yeah, you're the only person
2: in the world I've ever eaten a four pound hamburger with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that burger sounds so effing good. Dude it... <laughs> It was good for, like, the first five minutes, and then it's yeah. a punishment. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I like to eat well and be healthy most of the time so that when I want to go crazy and eat a whole pizza and a whole box of donuts and as much ice cream as I can handle, like, I don't have to feel, feel bad about that because you know what? Yeah. Maybe not tomorrow, but within the next few days, I'm going to be right back on track on, on my diet, and I'm going to stay exercising, and that's not going to... It's not going to affect me in the sense yeah. that I'm going to be off the wagon and turn it into a, a fat guy. but uh,
1: I just think overall, if you look good, you'll feel good. I'm a firm believer of that. So if you look at yourself in the mirror and you're happy with what you're seeing, you're going to have a better vibe all around. Man, I it
0: definitely. Nick actually sold me on on what you just said a while back, and it's I can enjoy what I'm eating for 15 minutes and feel like shit for 24 hours or hate what I'm eating for 15 minutes and feel great for 24 hours. Uh, of course, if you learn to enjoy what you eat, and, and for me, it has been. Like, example, I was just on vacation, and they had a lot of sugar-free options for desserts. I ate almost every dessert sugar-free. I ate one with sugar in it, and I ate like half of it and said, I can't do this. It tastes like to- – I-, I can't eat sugar anymore. It tastes like ass. But it, it it's – man, I, I did eat other junk food. Example, I don't eat a lot of carbs anymore. I really try to cut back, and they serve you a shitload of bread at dinner on cruises. God, I love bread. Yeah man and I had rolls and bread and all this stuff and the, the the way it's made me feel over the last few days and to recover from that like I I was I've never measured ketosis I've never checked to see if I was in ketosis but based off what I was eating for the 3 weeks prior I felt pretty good with where I would be at I was showing a lot of burn I was seeing the results in my body on the scale everywhere and part of it was to earn that vacation because you know I really changed my mind a little bit cheat day earn day I don't care what you call it. I have to realize it's cheating, and if I say it's cheating, it makes me do it less. You, you changed my mind on this. I don't know if you. Really yeah, I
2: remember did. you were calling it a reward day. Yeah,
0: and it's. I'm like, man, no, it's, I'm too generous on rewards. Cheating, I can be an asshole to myself about. So, <laughs> yeah. and since I've been back, it's Valve. All our menu right now is straight keto menu for at least the next month. You
2: know, I have uh, pee strips at the Drop Zone. Yeah, that measure ketones in your urine, and I, I have a I have a blood meter also. But I would just tell you to get your own
0: (laughs) finger finger poker.
2: Letting you know I have one. I mean, (laughs) I got tested not all that long ago. I didn't have anything, but I don't know what you got, man. I don't want your blood on my blood.
0: I got these chink eyes, man. They, you, you might get all Chinese oh, yeah, on you me. Oh yeah, you definitely
2: have the coronavirus already, just based dude, on the way you look. It's the kung flu.
3: So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you man, you every Asian, and I don't think it's Asian, but you know Asians, we all wear masks when we're sick. You saw a Chinese person on the boat; they had a mask on, and it was funny because you could see people who definitely were aware of it, who avoiding the dude with the totally. mask on the ship,
2: man. I, I mean. I don't know if that's racist to do, but if you're walking around with a fucking SARS mask on, I'm gonna assume that you have SARS.
0: I'm going to assume that you have OCD and you think everybody else has SARS nope. and you're staying away from us. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, um, but it is also cultural that they have SARS and they protect from.
2: Yeah, transmitting I mean, it. with that number of people in that small of an area, I mean, that's how disease spreads, right? Overpopulation, disease is just kind of a side effect of that. But I don't, th- I don't know. I, Sam, Sam's a nurse, so she's a lot more concerned about the whole coronavirus than I am. But it's like, man, they. I think the confirmed cases are over a thousand now. Maybe, maybe it's getting close to two thousand. But uh, it's like, how many people have been diagnosed with the flu in that same amount of time? Probably a mm-hmm. whole lot more. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> did you ever play the game Pandemic, DJ? Yes yeah the so for anyone who's never played this game, the the goal of the game is to create a disease that wipes out humanity. So like you can pick different traits of the disease whether you want it to be resistant to this or survives outside of the body for this long or whatever yada, yada, yada. and you're you're building your plague to, to kill the world. And in when you're playing the game, it's like you see these news headlines and stuff that pop up. And the first time I saw news headlines about the coronavirus, I was like, oh, this is shit from the game pandemic. It's, it's fully going down.
0: So New York Times says over 200 deaths, uh, 213 in China and oh, almost 10,000 confirmed cases. 10,000 cases. And the World Health Organization is talking about, uh, I, I've, I've read some stuff, a global outbreak, etc. So. It was definitely interesting because we just went on a cruise, and one of the scariest parts about a cruise for me is the confined quarters of somebody getting sick, mm-hmm. um, and like people touching your face.
2: Yeah, oh, dude. What if the whole cru- did you, Have you ever had that nightmare? A whole cruise ship of people chasing you, trying to touch your face? I have not, but thanks for well, that. I, I hope <laughs> I hope that happens, like the zombie apocalypse. But no one is a zombie; they just really want to touch your face. Don't touch it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I actually had my uh, opto- optometrist appointment today and I have to get new reading glasses because I'm old. And I had the doctor, when she reached out to grab something on my face, I flinched and kind of jumped. And she's like, you okay, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I get a little OCD about my face. Go ahead. And I had to sit there and just breathe patiently while this doctor starts poking at my face from my eyes. I'm like, okay, we're good. It, <laughs> it's
2: it, so funny. Like, I feel like that's a feeling that I can't relate to at all. Like if someone put their hand on my face, I wouldn't think anything of it other than, oh, so like, gross. It, like it wouldn't gross me out in the way that it, that it grosses you out. And and some people are that way with feet, of like, oh my god, don't touch me with your feet. And I don't get that shit either. But dude, yeah. I do not like my armpits being touched. Like even <laughs> even when it's Sam and I, someone who I know really well, I totally trust her. You know, she I. I can't stand if her fingers are within like a certain number of inches of my armpits, <laughs> even when they're just like resting on my arm and I start to think about it and I feel like it's too close. I will fully lose my shit and like pull away and be like, God, bitch, come with my armpits. What is, so- is it? dude i i really don't know if i had to guess when i was a little boy i do remember my dad picking me up and his thumbs going in my armpits like that and that being super uncomfortable me not liking being held that way but that's the only thing i can think of that's ever happened really unpleasant with my armpits but dude it's like it doesn't matter how light or firm the touch is god it drives me insane so i can understand how you feel about your face because your it, face also drives me insane. How many people? <laughs> it's like my dad used
0: to say, Man, is your head, does your head hurt? Because it's killing me.
3: Yeah. Does your face hurt? It's
2: um,
0: I, I have to ask, first of all, uh, Mofongo. Am I saying that right? Oh. Yeah, Mofongo. What, what the, what's going on here? Who Paula Richardson. Who? Oh. Paula Richardson. That's you, you Paula said. Paula? Paula? Yeah. Paula and Heath Paula. Oh, okay, okay. Her last name's Richardson now because she yeah. got
1: married. Oh, okay, yeah. I was like, Beautiful wedding was video. Yeah, by by her the way. friends went to the <laughs> wedding because it was a good time. Uh, Mofongo is fried plantain mashed together, made into this little ball with ajo. I don't know how to say it. (laughs) Ajo?
2: My my ajo? My butt?
1: Um, Garlic. Oh, yeah. Garlic.
2: It's delicious. It's delicious. That's what I uh, will definitely order at Texas. It's
1: a typical Puerto Rican dish. You'll love it.
2: What are there like Puerto Rican appetizers? Like, what do you what do you guys have?
1: Uh, we do empanadas. Oh yeah. We do um kind of like a mozzarella stick, but they're made out of cornmeal and has like a corn dog. Fuck. But without the dog. That sounds so good. And they're tiny, and then you deepen the, the mayo ketchup, dude. That's that's my favorite appetizer, dude.
2: Mayo ketchup is the best thing ever. I cannot believe that more cultures have not
1: embraced the mayo ketchup. Um, what else? What
2: about desserts? You guys got flan. We got flan. Oh, we got tres leches.
1: We got... Dude, you're destroying me right now.
2: Hold on. So let's go full on, Fat Kid. What's your favorite dessert? Like in Houston, where are you going to go? We're going to go to the chocolate bar. We're <sighs> going to go to...
1: It'll probably be... The chocolate bar and get a chocolate sliches or oh, or holic
2: Oh my god. DJ, have you eaten a Cynaholic? I still haven't eaten. Dude, there I have taken so many people to Cynaholic. These milk guys and should, should offer me a sponsorship.
0: It's the vegan place down the road, right? Don't
2: even say that it's vegan because but that, that's people, people yeah. won't try it because it's vegan. Try it. It's man, great. It is so delicious. It's basically a build-your-own cinnamon roll place. So you go in cinnamon roll you pick your icing you pick what sort of toppings you want you. on it dude it is insane it and the is first lit. time I went I I had heard about I think DQ was maybe the first person that told me about it and I was like let's go let's go let's go I said to everyone let's go and no one would go so I stopped on my way to like Sam's friend's house Sam's friend was having a dinner and I was like okay well I'm not gonna show up and eat everything in sight because I will absolutely do that so let me Let me satiate my appetite a little bit with this cinnamon roll. I went to Cineholic by myself and ate it in the car driving uh, to go eat somewhere else. And, man, it was just (laughs) about the most delicious thing I've ever had. And then I went there like four times in the first week.
1: It's great. I mean, I love desserts. I know anything. I love anything. Do
2: you? Do you know like what you get there? Like what sort of frosting you get, or do you just? I get. I usually
1: get whatever has the most chocolate on it. Hell yeah! So you know, cookie dough. Yeah, they had one called the the
2: Cookie Monster that was super legit. Oh god. I try to mix it
1: up, but I'm 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 a chocolate guy. Well, I try to put chocolate on everything.
2: I definitely.
0: I definitely need to check this place out soon. My big problem is... I, we talked earlier this year.
3: Oh, dude, it, I see those pictures up it, there. You got to get that stuff it, on the screen. It, yeah. We're
1: getting there. The uh, Well, that one week, we went oh like six days God. out of seven days Die. of the week trying to bring your people in. I
0: just got to catch back up from the damage I did the last three months of last year. Um, I really did a great job of catching back up to where I want to be before this uh, vacation we just took. And I only put two pounds back on during that vacation, which... I mean, it's all you can eat nonstop food in your face when you're on a fucking cruise ship. Um, so it's super easy to gain weight. I did pretty good, and it, it really wasn't about what I ate besides the bread. It was how much I ate that got me. And so right now, until I get back to my target weight, I am I'm on point. I am going to work. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to earn it. But Jesus criminy, look at this website. Look at this stuff. So oh, you go in and you build your own thing? Is that what you're
2: saying? So they they have like they'll have a few themed ones like the cookie monster one. Yeah, they have some signature
1: cinnamon rolls and
2: Yeah, so you can just say ah. give me the such and such name and they'll make it for you or you could put every topping that you wanted to on your cinnamon roll. Yeah. I think they they charge per topping. I don't know how much it is. But uh, but honestly,
1: you don't want to put more than three things.
2: Yeah, and you can fuck it up. Like you can get. I did
1: one time, like the icing I,
2: flavor. I put when it way with the too toppings. many things
1: on it, and it was mm-hmm. like overwhelming. Yeah, I try and go with simple, simple frosting.
2: Yeah, and then like a fruit, a fruity topping plus like a caramel or chocolate sauce topping. Oh. That's my move.
0: Man, it's like a, it seems like Mongolian barbecue. God, I'm so
2: excited to eat there. Where are we going? Uh, I'm off my diet February 9th, and I'm back in Houston uh, the 11th. So we, we started about this diet stuff. Why are you doing what you're doing right now? So uh, a friend of mine back home in Utah owns a gym. It's called Vitality. If you've ever seen the van, there's a sticker on the back. Mm-hmm. I usually have a, you know, maybe on a helmet or something, you might have a sticker as well. Vitality's is a gym owned by my good friend Chase, my, my, my bestie in the in the wide world. And the wedding messer-upper. Yep, I did Chase's wedding. Yep, he he pretended to walk out on his uh, his wife at the wedding. Great story if you haven't heard it. Um, but Chase owns a gym, and I helped him start the gym ten years ago. And coming up uh, February eighth, we're celebrating the ten year anniversary of the gym. And Chase almost always goes like full out with a party. Like he'll hire a DJ. I've, the only time, like the first time I had a shot of alcohol, was at a an anniversary party for the gym. Uh, it gets, it gets pretty wild, but this year, being the 10-year anniversary, I expected him to kind of go all out, but he's got a baby on the way, and uh, just, you know, he's recently married. He's just got a lot of stuff going on in life, and so he's like, hey, what if we just hung out, just me and you, and didn't do a party, and I was like, dude, for sure, sold, and then I was going through um, photos from when the gym first opened, and there's a picture of me from exactly 10 years ago, so I was 24. Uh, in the gym just looking super shredded and i was like you know what i'm going to do i'm going to look even better than that photo at age 34 so i'm going to get super leaned out with a with a uh I mean, you know i'm pretty lean for the most part like i have abs on a normal day but i'm just going to get disgustingly lean and stand in the and the, he's moved spaces for the gym so he's in um you know the walls aren't going to look the same but i'm going to have the same weight on my back, wearing the same tiny shorts and take a picture and just look super jacked for a day. So, just being Nick Lott. Yeah, just being Nick Lot for a day. Yeah. But it is the time of year. I usually do a fast around my birthday. So last year I did a week-long fast. The year before that I did five days. The year before that I did three or four days. So I'm going to do the same week-long fast. And then uh, I've been researching like some some bodybuilding stuff of like how <laughs> bodybuilders and, and fitness athletes get ready for a... Uh, like physique uh, uh, competitions how they get ready for, for those and it seems like there no one no one says don't eat anything for a week like that's not yeah. the suggestion <laughs> but like that your muscles look really flat after you fasted because you're depleting all of the glycogen in, in your cells like that's what happens when you're in ketosis is you've burned all the sugar in your cells and now you're burning fat and that's why it's really hard to get access to like those explosive movements. Like people who are explosive athletes don't do well on the keto diet because where that stuff lives in your sugar in your in your cells, where it's so quickly available, is just not there. So I'm gonna show up fasted and pretty dehydrated, and then I'm gonna uh, eat. It's some healthy but sugary foods to try and replenish all that glucose. Taking a little bit of water and then take some some more photos either later that day or the next day and see yeah. see if anything changes. So it's kind of for fun, kind of for celebration for the gym, kind of because it's just the time of year where I normally do a big fast, and uh, I'm not getting any younger, so I might as well yeah. have <laughs> a real good picture of me looking fucking shredded <laughs> with no shirt on.
0: A lot of people have asked, like I, I've the longest I've done is three day fasts and and man, I never thought I could do it till I tried it, and a lot of people tell me, just a 24-hour
2: fast, it's impossible, I can't
0: do that. What would you tell those people? Three days
2: ain't shit, pussies. (laughs) No, honestly, if if you get yourself off, off of carbohydrates, it's a lot easier. If you can get your body, I mean, just use... When I get really hungry now are the days when, like after a cheat day, when I've had a lot of sugar and a lot of carbs, the next day, my body wants more of that shit. When you... God, I've had this conversation a lot, so it's probably boring for, for anyone that's heard me say the same stuff before, but when you are taking in sugar and carbs at the same time, your body wants to burn the sugar, burn the quick carbs, and store the fat, because our body thinks that winter's coming, and that there's going to be a time where food isn't available. So it wants to burn what's what's available right now, store the fat for a time when food's less available, because you can always burn that, that fat off later, but... Food's so available now. We're never in that situation where yeah. we don't have those quick carbs available. So if you're taking in carbs and and fat, and you're not burning the carbs with, like with exercise, then uh, it's an easy way to gain weight. Your body wants to hang on to the fat.
0: Uh, wait, what did you ask me? Why did I start rambling? We're talking about uh, helping people learn how
3: to fast. Oh or, yeah. yeah. So
2: so if you can get the carbs out of your uh, out of your diet, do uh, exercise to uh, to help burn some of the uh, the glycogen. You're going to feel, I mean, for me, when when I first, uh, like, I jumped headfirst into doing the keto diet from, like, my diet was a ton of fruit, like, dried fruit, fresh fruit, fruit juices, lots of stuff that sounds healthy but was just a lot of sugar, and so I had an idea of what I was going to eliminate from my diet, but I hadn't really figured out what I was going to fill those gaps with, and I, I just felt miserable um, because I was hungry, didn't know what to eat, just had cut out a bunch of food, and... Uh, you know, there's this thing called the keto flu that is uh, something that's, that's widely talked about online. Of when you when your body is going through this this change from carbs to fat, that you're gonna feel like shit. And I and I certainly did. But um, if you're gonna try a fast, it's totally possible just to have willpower and and get your way through it. If you want to try a 24 hour fast, the easiest way is let's say I'm gonna eat dinner tonight at I'm gonna eat at seven. I'm gonna finish by eight. And then I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to eat until 8 p.m. tomorrow. So that's a full 24 hours without, without taking in food. I think the – which is easy. I think anyone can do that. You're just You're just hungry in the day. I think the first real step is doing what's pretty much like a 36-hour fast where you have dinner and then you wake up and you go to sleep without taking in any calories. And I think that's the first good look at what it's like to fast. And uh, especially if you have fat on your body, and especially if you've done a good job getting off of carbohydrates and onto fattier foods, and I mean healthy fats. I don't mean like fried French fries. I mean like, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> meat, meat sweet potato. Yeah, meat, <laughs> <laughs> well, like meat, eggs, cheese, and avocado. fish, avocado, coconut, yeah, macadamia nuts. So now your body's ready to. Uh, to burn that fat and then it's ready to burn the fat that's on you and even if you're a pretty lean person um, most people still have plenty of fat to burn and, and not feel too crazy I still exercise when I'm fasting I do a lot less explosive stuff and more uh, like medium-range cardio stuff but you'll you'll probably I mean if you're that sort of person that you know you get super grumpy in the middle of the day and oh I need to eat I feel like I'm gonna faint yeah, that's a hard place to just drop everything and start a 36-hour fast. But our bodies are built to do it. It's just that most of our bodies have never done it because food's just super available. So when you hear about religious people doing fast for 30 or 40 days or whatever the oh. hell they do, man, a few days is definitely possible. I
0: actually took, did all my first fasting. I had never fasted outside of knowing you. And the the one thing I would add to that, that was everything you said is exactly what I followed. That's how I learned to fast. That's how I've gotten to my 36-hour fast. And before when I started, I'm like, oh, boy, am I going to be able to do this shit? And at the end of it, I was ready to eat, but I was like, Phew, I can do that. I can do that anytime if I need to. But the other step I would recommend is if you're not already intermittent fasting and and limiting your hours from like noon to eight to eat, I would start with that and do that for a week or two before you go to your first 24 hour and you call it the easy fast. By far, it's the easiest way to go. Um, And then my second fast was actually I ate lunch and I didn't eat dinner and made it back to dinner. So that guy gave me whatever, 30 hour fast. Mm -hmm. And then I did what you suggested, the dinner to dinner. Yeah, I, whatever way I've gone.
2: Dinner to skip in the whole next day? Yeah, you yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, and then when 36 hours came along, it, it just was easy to do. I, I mean, I drink a lot of water. If you think you're hungry, drink water. You probably need to drink Dude, more water bu- anyways.
2: Bubble water is where it's at for me. When I'm fasting, Yeah, drinking sparkling water, man, it makes, makes my belly feel good. Gives you a little bit of flavor. What about you, Cisco? You
0: ever
1: fast? Uh, not that often. I do it. Today I was until I had cake.
2: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: so wh-
0: why do you fast when you do?
1: When I um, misbehave, like when I had all those s'mores on Tuesday <laughs> now I was like, yeah, Wednesday I'm fastening, you know, burning all that sugar out. But then uh, I want to have more cake, so that kind of went out the door. Um, I don't do a lot of fasting. I just do it whenever I feel like I overexceeded my calorie intake. If I feel like I ate too much on the previous day, then I'll try to fast on the next day to balance it out. But for the most part, I'm a I'm always eating. I'm always on a balanced diet. Nick, do you ever
0: fast just because, like, I ate like shit yesterday, so now I'm not going to eat for the next few days to punish
2: myself? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've certainly done that. <laughs> um, I I mean, I I really enjoy everything about fasting. Honestly, like, I like that it's challenging. I like that it's it's the, the easiest thing in the world to quit, right? Like how hard is it to find food? Like, yeah. if you were really hungry, I I don't even live here, and I could be eating in thirty <laughs> seconds if I wanted to. Yeah. And so it's it's a really easy thing to quit. So it's just like this this elective challenge of like, yeah, this super this really sucks. I really want to eat right now. It's super easy to not do what I'm doing, and I'm gonna keep doing it. Like I like it from from that aspect. There was. Um, the first book I ever read talk, that talked about fasting talked about the uh, mental benefits of fasting. That there's all these cognitive benefits when you stop taking in food and when you restrict calories. And then uh, I learned more. Like what? Um, just a, a clarity of mind. I, I'd have to. I'd have to read. I'm smart enough that information makes sense to me when I read it, but my memory is bad enough that I couldn't repeat it to you in a way that, that makes sense. But um, God. I, I could probably dig up some, some TED Talks that would uh, summarize it really well. But the, the name of that book was called, uh, gosh, it was a co-authored book. I think it's called Power Up Your Brain or Power Up Your Mind. And the, uh, I, I bet if you Google it, you'll find it. But um, then I started learning more about like the physiological benefits of fasting. The analogy that I always make is if uh, you think about your immune system, About 70% of the cells that make up our immune system live in our gut because that's, you know, you think about when you get a little cut on your arm and things that could get in there and like how small that stuff is, but when you are eating food, we're eating plates of food of this foreign stuff that we're shoveling into our body and our body has to go through that and make sure that there's nothing in there that's going to get us sick, right? So that's why most of your immune system lives in your stomach. And if you're constantly eating all the time, you're, you're never giving... Like if, if I said it was your job to keep the house clean and every few hours I came in and made a mess right inside the front door, you would always be out there cleaning up that mess. You'd, you'd never get to clean in the sink. You'd never get to straighten things up in the bathroom. You'd never get to fix in the fence in the backyard because you're always cleaning up this this mess that I've just made on the floor. So eating is kind of that way where anytime you bring in food, there's a, an immunological response, like there's inflammation that happens and your body, that's an immune response that as your body breaks through breaks down that food and goes through it and makes sure that it's not making you sick. But by not taking in food, you give your body a break from doing that and it gets to go clean up the rest of your system. Mm, it's called okay. cellular autophagy is the is the nerd word that I, that describes that process. And um, you know, uh, I don't know for sure if this actually happens or if this is just a placebo thing, but I feel like I feel sharper when I'm fasting. In a way that, like, and like, uh, I feel more aware of my surroundings, mm-hmm. and it's probably because my body thinks I'm starving, and I'm waiting to find that next kill, you know. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm hearing things better, I'm seeing things a little sharper. My energy level isn't isn't totally normal, especially like I, I could fast for two days and feel really normal, other than the fact that i just have to I have to remind myself of hey hey stupid, don't eat when you get home. And if I like if if I start thinking about food, like when we start talking about food, yeah, I'll totally get hungry. But it's in a much different way than that that craving in the middle of the day where I have to fucking eat lunch right now. It doesn't feel like that. It's more just like a gosh, food sounds good right now. But um, it's an easy thing to quit. It's good for your body. It's good for your brain. uh, And I like that it's a thing that not many people are able to do. And it makes me enjoy it even more.
0: One of the, uh, I've talked about my, my drive or what I fast for is not necessarily health, although I do use that benefit. It's uh, Jeremy Brown, one of our previous guests, has a topic that's uh, uh, get uncomfortable. People are so used to being uncomfortable that they're not comfortable being uncomfortable, putting themselves in a place of distress, putting themselves in a place of need or want. And we're, we're too content in life. And by getting in those uncomfortable places, we actually learn to respond to to controversy better, to... to to i can't think of the right word but to anything that's bothering us better. I
2: think that's the challenge element that I like and that it's an easy thing to quit because it's like man if 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 I can learn to not give in to this feeling that's telling me to do something different what other feelings can I not give into? What other situations where I feel like giving into this thing? Well now I'm really good at denying the feeling of giving into a thing so where else can I can I apply that in life?
0: That's definitely the big part for me is is when I go through a stressful time or go through things. I'm like, dude, I, I didn't eat for thirty-six hours and it's a constant fight to do that. My patience and answering things, it, it it taught me patience more than anything else. I I walk away being able to calmly think through things better. And how good
2: is that food when you start eating again?
1: Oh my god. Once you open up the monsters, you're done. Man, it's it's
2: dude, it, it is hard for me to like after a fast to remember like, hey, Everything's pretty good right now. So let's just eat something healthy and take it easy. It's like, no, I'm fucking eating everything. <laughs> I earned it.
1: But... Uh, I reward myself even on your birthday. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, it's Nick's birthday. I'm going to go get a quesadrino. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I was like, this is for you, homie. Hell yeah.
2: Oh, God, how good are
1: caseritos, Dude, man? they're the best.
2: Man, I'm going to say a pretty controversial thing right now. Mm-hmm. Freebirds is winning me over, dude. Oh, yes! no.
1: Yes! Yes! But, but not, not in
2: the world of burritos. Just I'm, I'm only eating salads right okay. now because I'm not eating any of the carbs. Okay, And the Freebirds salad is better than the Chipotle salad. Okay,
1: I can give you that. Freebirds.
0: I love Chipotle. Chipotle is great. I will not dog them one bit. Freebirds is better. I just have you
2: had a quesadito at Chipotle? No, and Dude, I need it to. It will change your fucking life. They're so good. It depends. Pe- some people can make them shitty. The best, the people who make them the best, use two tortillas. Yep, and they make the the quesadilla first in the tortilla, and then they wrap the whole burrito in both. Yesterday of those I
1: saw in a different way. So they made my burrito, uh-huh. and then they went and did one plantilla. Open it up, and they they put the burrito in the middle, and then they wrapped it. How was it? It wasn't the best. The yeah. best way is the be- that way because it gets crispy when they yeah. do
2: it. When they do it the way that I described, like, and they have to leave it in the tortilla press for a super long time to melt all yeah, the cheese. Yeah, because
1: the other one was kind of saggy after it. Oh, man. But I mean, it still went down great. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, you need to learn the ways. But
2: anyone who goes to Chipotle, it's not a. It's a, like a secret menu item. And it, it takes like it takes them an extra couple minutes. So I only ever ask for it if there's
1: not a line. Otherwise, they throw a fit. Don't go to I'm it. paying for it. So I'll <laughs> order it whenever I want it. Well, you're and an yesterday asshole. I had a new girl, too. She's like, what is a quesadilla What? <laughs> yeah. She Did was, you
2: tell her she was fired? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> She's like, what <laughs> bitch, is that? That wasn't in here. the manual. Give me <laughs> your
2: fucking apron. I'll come back there and make a goddamn quesadilla I had, like
1: three people making this burrito. I was like, no, guys, you're still doing it wrong. Like, what are you doing? Oh, man, that's
0: a shame. <laughs> <laughs> the customers got to teach the employees yeah. how to make their food.
1: Honestly, five, three out of five Chipolos that I go and order it, they have no idea what I'm asking for, well, or, or they don't know how to do it right. Usually, the manager comes in, so I go, "Let me do it."
2: But but the the OGs know how, yeah, right? Yeah, okay, that's good. All right, yeah. So uh, DJ, you're you're a freebirds guy. I take it from your reaction, hundred percent. What uh, what do you get at Free Birds? God, well, this is just turning into a fact fest. I am,
0: <laughs> so what I get. i I love variety. I love changing things up. Um, so you, it's it's been a lot of bowls lately. I'm a huge fan of burritos, but I just don't want to eat the carbs. Uh, carnitas. If I get carnitas, I get refried beans. If I'm eating carbs at the time, um, and then basically every vegetable that's on in front of them. Jalapenos, cilantro, yeah, pico, with carnitas. lettuce. If I get steak, it's black beans instead. And really just picture either one of those, either in a bowl or a salad. And sometimes it's a – dude, I love their steak with uh, with pico, guac, and that's about it. It's really – growing up in Southern California, carne asada burrito was just that, pico, guac, and carne asada. So I, I try to emulate that. Oh, my God. I, anything they make. but. Tons of habanero sauce. I don't know what
2: that hand motion is. Yeah, you're doing a little, <laughs> yeah, jerking off the, the little pepper. Over <laughs> yeah, there. man,
0: it, it's they and they're they're horrible with their like. They recently changed habanero tops because they'd sit there and have to shake that the stuff Jercorrito? for days. The what? <laughs> the churrorito. <laughs> the <Jercorrito. laughs> They're jerking this stuff all over my my sandwich. Yeah, no, I love that stuff. And uh, the one thing I haven't had forever from Freebirds that I love is their pot brownie. Oh, absolutely, man. Their pot
2: brownie is the shit. Yeah, the, they sit up there at the front by the checkout, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've never tried them. And
0: they're not like pot brownies you buy from like somebody in California. They're just made in small little skillet
2: pots, so they're called a pot brownie. In the yeah, edges. there seem to be a lot of stoner jokes inside Freebirds. For sure. Nice
0: crispy edge and that nice gooey inside, and I am positive if somebody's high and stoned as fuck, it probably tastes super excellent, just speculating on that one. <sighs> Oh my god. god. And Coldstone Creamery, by the way. You said favorite dessert places? Yeah. Chocolate I devotion. Cold Stone Man. Oh. strawberry rendezvous. Not yeah. even on the menu anymore, but they still make it. Strawberry rendezvous, strawberry ice cream, banana, brownie. Have you tried the chip
2: enlightened brand ice cream?
0: Yeah, not super stoked.
2: Man, they their uh butter pecan is pretty fucking on point, man.
1: Yeah. We still got to go to that sandwich place. Smush? Yeah. Dude, you've never been to Smush? No, I went to the waffle place. by the waffle place. Yeah. Okay. I went to the waffle place, but not the...
2: God damn it. This is what we're doing the week that I get back. (laughs) No, because you're going to be on a diet, right? No. No, okay, fuck it. Yolo.
1: I can reward myself.
2: Okay, we're going to (laughs) go... This is what it's going to be. The waffle bus. Oh, yes. And then we're going to go to Smush. Have you been to Bernie's Burger Bus? No. They also have one in the Heights. Uh, they have a, a burger called Detention, and instead of just being a regular burger with buns, instead of buns, there's a grilled cheese sandwich on each side. I think I sent you a picture oh of it. Oh my god! Did I not send you
1: a picture of it? I'm not sure. Hey, DJ, will you look up Bernie's
2: Burger Bus, the Detention Burger? Okay, so we're gonna do that. <laughs> okay, maybe some we'll, ramen place. I love
1: mac and cheese. Pre,
2: pre-ga- oh they have, uh Tatsuya Ramen. Mm-hmm. Oh. Do, have you been to the mac and cheese restaurant? Like the, it's just just Mac is what it's called? I uh, haven't been
1: there, but I've seen it. Okay, no, we can do been that. Been Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of it.
2: Bernie's Burger Bus, Waffle Bus, oh. Smush, uh, Tatsuya Rama, Ramen. And what are you looking at right now, DJ? What did this I is this? Is Bernie's burger Bernie's bus? Bernie's burger bus with the detention burger. Holy shit! Oh my god! Let's see the detention burger. I'm trying to find it. Uh,
0: there's the cheerleader. I'll eat that. Uh, the detention <laughs> <laughs> bus. Oh, two, the male cheerleader. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. detention <laughs> two bacon grilled cheeses used as a bun for two cheddar cheeseburger patties. In quotes, tipsy onions and all the in quotes the principal's fixings. So, oh, a what's my god.
2: tipsy onions? I think they're just like fried onion rings, like okay. little, little thin ones. And then... I'm sure you can find a picture of it if you just do a... a oh, maybe a, they cook them, them in search. beach.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, dude, but oh my God, the... Have you had the... Yeah, I think you're the one who got me sold on the chicken thunder fries at the yeah. the Waffle yes. Bus. Yes. Oh, dude, oh my God, the sauce on those fries. <sighs> Out it, of this world. It's like a honey butter. Yeah, the honey
1: butter. Oh
2: my God. Oh, man. Man, if you guys Waffle don't box. live in Houston and you're hearing us talk about all this stuff, I feel really bad because Houston's the fattest city in America for a reason. Yep. And it's because there's a whole lot of delicious food here. But, uh, yeah, we're going to blow it out. We're going to do it big. Yeah. Is that what we're looking at, Mr. B? I think B? that's one of them, yeah. Oh,
0: my God. That, that's grilled cheese on top of a burger with Oh, my God. Fuck me in the face hole. That looks Fuck good. me up. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God.
2: All right, so we got that. that, That's a day. That's we'll plan that whole day. Yeah, I do owe DJ a ramen noodle date at Tatsuya Ramen. Oh, ramen! I'm I'm not really a ramen fan, but (sighs) man, I went to this place with uh, Sam and some friends, and god damn, it is real good. It's right over uh, kind of Montrose area too
1: to take you to the all-you-can-eat sushi place dude, right next to the oh tunnel. oh, my God.
2: Oh, <laughs> Jesus, this is getting worse. You still haven't been there, right, DJ? No, I have not. So maybe a block north of the Woodlands Wind yeah. Tunnel is this place called Chi, and it's all-you-can-eat sushi. I have no idea how this place stays in business because, dude, I ate at least $100 of food there just by myself. But, man, like everything on the menu – is on all you can eat. Like they have appetizers, they have sushi rolls, they have hibachi steak, they have all the desserts. And like I ate three courses and then had dessert and then had another order of real food and then dessert again.
1: It's crazy. It's crazy. I haven't been there in a minute.
2: How long's a minute?
1: At least two months. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. That's respectable. Yeah.
2: Because I remember you were eating there like three days a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm, like, right now, completely stuck looking at all these menus God, and this,
2: this whole, drooling over food. This is we, this whole episode just went okay. to, hey, let's yes, talk uh, about food that none of well. us are supposed to be eating right now. Oh, my God, man. We could do
1: a little cooking show with no shirts.
2: That sounds like a really good idea. Dude, I actually started taking photos of some of the food that I've been making again, which yeah. I think is a super douchey move. But I think <laughs> as long as I don't, like, post it on Instagram. Yeah, just, I'm, I'm just, okay with that. So I made a keto pizza uh, uh, two nights ago. I saw the cauliflower. I made, no, I. Took ground chicken, and then mixed eggs in with the ground chicken, and then used that as my crust. Okay. and then just did a shit ton of cheese, a little bit of uh, uh, low sugar uh, marinara sauce, and then fucking pepperoni. It was really how did the crust stay together? Um, I mean, if you're wanting it to taste like soft, chewy bread, you're gonna be a little disappointed. But it did, it did stay together, and has worked better than other uh, other pizza. Have uh, you tried cauliflower crusts? Yeah, I don't... It I, falls apart. It I can't stay together. I don't like the, like, too crunchy sort of sort of crust. Like, I like... I would prefer it soft and... I would rather it be even soupy than to be too crunchy. Like, thin crust pizza, not a fan. Can't do it. <sighs> and I haven't had any cauliflower crust that I thought really did a good job of, of imitating bread. Yeah.
0: It really, I, it's been super hit and miss. There's a, a few different uh, keto, no carb friendly uh, cauliflower or a crust, and I'll have to get that from you because I. Do you have a recipe
2: for it? Did you? Still, I did you just make- invented it. <laughs> I just, or you know what I did actually? I saw um, Instagram now knows that I'm into the keto diet, so it <laughs> sends me all of the keto ads. And a, a brand came up, and I looked at what the ingredients were. And the first ingredient on the package was chicken. And I was like, oh, they're making the crust out of chicken. I wonder how I could do that. So I just bought ground chicken, and I was talking to Sam about it. And she's like, oh, well, you need something to buy in the chicken. It's like, I don't know what that means. She's like, put eggs in it. And I said, okay. And so uh, you can credit her. Stupid little brown thing. Yep, she knows. She's a tiny little Gordon Ramsay. So, But it worked pretty well. I just uh, fried it up in some some butter. I was able to flip it in, in the pan without having to use a, a spatula or anything, so it stayed together at least that well. And then uh, it was delicious after that. What's this
1: video you pulled up?
0: Man, It's uh, we're getting close to the end, and one thing I want to talk about is uh, you're back home, man. Do you recognize what this video is of?
1: That's the Puerto Rico Boogie.
0: Puerto Rico Boogie is a super huge boogie. A lot of our friends go to it. A lot of our friends talk super wonderful things about it being a great destination boogie. Are you going to yeah. make it this year?
1: No, I'm not gonna make it this year, sadly.
0: So what's it like? Like explain this boogie to people who are thinking about going.
1: Uh the boogie usually takes time about Valentine's Day. It's a five day boogie starting on a Wednesday all the way through Sunday. It's an uh private little municipal airport, just a mile two miles um south from the beach. So we is got it be- allowed
2: to land on the beach? Yep. Like we're watching right now? Yep.
1: You can we do, you know, beach jumps every day. Usually, you know, with do a sunset uh <laughs> sunset load and uh do the last load of the day at the beach and then uh, usually at the beach we'll have you know a bunch of beers music get the party started and from there on it's just a you can either go jump and it's gonna be a beautiful destination or you can go all around the island and do a lot a bunch of fun stuff like there's so much to do There's party on wednesday and uh friday saturday uh, sometimes we have the helicopter out. I don't know if they, this year they're going to have it. And we do bring the space, um, the planes from Spaceland. Um, it's just all around a great time to be in the island.
2: Do, does anyone uh, drink margaritas and then bang some senoritas? Does that happen? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yes. It sounds like a really good combination. It is great. I don't know
2: if it's just because it rhymes, but man. <laughs>
1: Beer cheap, rum is cheap. Women are beautiful. How long? Is I thought you were
2: gonna say women are
1: cheap. <laughs> I was gonna be super <laughs> excited. <laughs> How long has the Puerto Rico boogie been going on? Uh, it's going on now, probably like s- since 2003. 17 years. See, yeah, 17 years. The space
2: land takes an otter down, right? Yep.
0: Uh, yeah, we uh, rabbit usually attends with the otter. Uh, actually, Paula Richardson. It's still weird. Like it, She sent me a message recently, and I couldn't yeah. figure out who the fuck it was, because her last name is not Richardson. Um, it is now. And oh, look at Matthew
3: Fry. Yeah, I didn't Matt even Fry's know he was out there. Fuck yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Paula actually goes and runs Manifest, I believe, for this event. Yep. Yeah. So we actually have a few Spaceland staff who support the event, and Oh, it's yeah. A good time. Rachel went last year, didn't she? Yeah, didn't Rachel. She yeah, all Rachel. All all Ward. Team, yeah.
1: man. has been out there a couple times. I think maybe once or twice. Um... Man, it is uh it looks like such a beautiful place
0: to jump. The island looks so yep. fucking great, man. One day I will make it out there. It it's definitely on my it's uh, great to-do it, list.
1: To go jump or just to go hang out, you can do anything in the island. Yeah.
0: What I hear just based off my desires and my needs, what I hear from my friends is go make a couple skydives in a day and then just go enjoy the scenery and yeah, just mix it up because for me That's I, what a
1: lot of people do, especially since most of the time the boogie is on Valentine's week. Mm-hmm. So usually on that day people will come in really early, get one or two jumps in, and then go spend the rest of the day, you know, being tourists around the island.
0: What is there there's a boogie fee a registration fee, right?
1: Yeah, I would not know it right uh-huh. now. Look at this. Man. It's usually it's like forty-five or fifty bucks.
0: Here it is. General info, February twelfth through February sixteenth, twenty twenty. Uh, if you wish to attend, you have to have a, a license. You have to open above 3,500 feet. C license required for beach jumps. Yep. The boogie is a premier Caribbean boogie free beer nightly. There you go. You're done. Uh, welcome parties on Wednesday night, and oh look, here's the organizers: Dave Cherry and Dave Wybinga which is uh, uh, D squared. D squared, yeah. D-squared. Sandy Grillett who is a belly organizer. I don't yep. recognize the wingsuit Perjorn uh, per Paulson. I'm sorry if I totally screwed that dude's name up. I'm positive they're missing other uh, organizers on here because I, I know a few friends who are going, and I think they should be organizing there. Yeah. Pre-registration was $55. Now that's closed at a $65 registration, Uh, twenty-five, dollars registration for non-jumpers. Yeah. Justin
1: Beer and Rum is going to be paid off. Yeah, that's the,
0: really, man. Easily. The $55, $65 is not a bad price. You get a shirt with that?
1: I'm sorry, what? Do they get a shirt with that? Um, they used to, if you're like one of the first 20 or 40. Okay. Yeah. One, the first people to register usually get a like goodie bag with, you know, rums of Puerto Rico would sponsor the event. Oh, sorry about that. Um, so usually you'll get a little bottle of rum, a t shirt from the event, um, just a couple of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Perks. Perks, bonuses. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Bonus.
1: That's not the one. The word I was looking for, but it's close.
0: Prizes, gifts, yeah,
1: Shit. souvenirs, <laughs> souvenirs, incentives, there you souvenirs. Go. Incentives. Okay, souvenirs. all right, I'll take yeah. it. Well, well that right.
2: sounds like a lovely time. Yeah. What's the weather like there this time of year, temperature wise?
1: <sighs> I can tell you right now, it's eighty-eight degrees and sunny. <laughs> that's just how it always is. Yeah, that's just what it is all the time.
2: Well, that sounds better than. 42 degrees and overcast like it's going to be honestly morning.
1: so far it hasn't been too better but winter yet here yeah yeah it really hasn't we've
2: we had a pretty mild start but it, it is january and we've had a few gray days in a row and, yeah oh man those few days starts to feel so long to me but the weekend's looking good so
1: yeah
0: man we need it it's uh fortunately it seems like the bad weather this year has dominantly been on weekdays and weekends we've had a lot of so far good yeah. weekends I think we've been blessed. And it is currently 78 degrees at 10 p.m. in San Juan. Oh, man, the people are
1: suffering there. Oh, they got their buff on, bufandas, their jackets, boots. They're ready to go skiing right now. <laughs> it's cold out there.
2: Man, I can't imagine a world where 78 degrees is not pleasant weather. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> go it's live on an island.
2: Life could be worse. Yeah. It could be definitely worse. Man, it
0: is rolling into pumpkin time. We do uh, have to cut off at some point. Cisco, I really appreciate you hanging
2: out with us tonight.
1: Being Thank here, you guys for having off. me.
2: Oh. Hey, thanks for coming kind of kind of last minute. Yeah, you know, DJ said, "Hey, let's have like a less formal guest who's someone that we can just shoot the shit with." And you were the first person I
1: asked because I knew I, that
2: uh, you didn't have any friends and no one likes you. And yeah, be free. I was like, "Well, I
1: got nothing to do. <laughs> I already ate all my cake and my pancakes. What am I gonna do now? Party." Party, get lucky. Party like it's 1999.
2: No fuimo. I think we need to name our <laughs> cheat day event where we tour the city with these restaurants. Yeah. Can we think of a name?
1: Do we have to think of right now? No. This but no. We can do that. We can make an we're, event. We're gonna we'll are post it. it. We'll do a live feed. Okay, so we're if like, you're hearing this, you're probably... You can join us if you want. Yeah. Bur- the Burger Bus,
2: Waffle Bus, smush. We'll make an event. What's the other place? There's in somewhere else, but yeah, we're gonna get super fat in a yeah. day.
0: We have been asked about a meet and greet for the Deland Air Show. We need to talk about that at some point. Okay. Well, Switch.
2: I want to see how much weight I can gain in a day on this on this <laughs> on this food challenge. So that's it. All right. Sweet. Guys and gals, Gravity Lab Radio. We night. will be back
0: next week. We are lining up a handful of guests. KDP will be on very soon. So that will be a rated our show. It. Be careful with it. <laughs> Hopefully, she
2: show special tricks. Kobe. Kobe, Hello. you started the song over. I did. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> All right. I, th- I thought it was over. Uh, but now I feel like we've just started ending it once again. <laughs> I started the song over because I didn't know what to push to stop
0: everything else. <laughs> so I'm fucking lost. Uh, well,
2: whoever's listening to this is probably sick of it. <laughs> the schnozberries taste like schnozberries.
3: We're still on Facebook Live. Hey, everyone.